we have a great deal to discuss. Playthrough, the podcast Again. where some middle-aged gamers play some Again. middle-aged games. This is episode 39, and I am Andy Gilmore. With me, as always tonight, we have Jim Middleton. Hello, Jim. Hello. Hello, hello. We have got Chris Worthington. Hello, Chris. All glamoured up. All glamoured up, as always. And Mads Christensen. Hello, Mads. Hey, Andy. How are you doing? You okay? Yeah, fine, thanks. Good. This will be the final episode in our playthrough of the wolf among us and also the final episode of our season three picks so it's all coming to a close in many ways before we get into it we'll just have a quick round up on what's been happening with each of us because there's a reasonable amount to cover in this episode and i think we're probably going to spend as long talking about the ending as what we are about the episode itself so as a quick rattle round let's start with chris steam deck update go i'll um oh I wasn't expecting so much Steam Deck. He's broke it. And Steam, no, <laughs> it's, it's, Steam Deck's it. great. It, it's it's really good. I've not spent ages with it because I've you know, I've finished three games in the three days so far this week. Not like in one day, but I've rolled credits on three different games on the three different days, which I've been. I'm like I'm like three for three, but I'm not I'm not going to keep that going this this um, this today. Nice. But none of those games have been on the Steam Deck, so I've not really had that much time. <laughs> Just saying to you guys before we recorded, I've been mess. I tried to find a modern game in my Steam library, and I thought, oh, I've seen Grand Theft Auto Five, and thought, oh yeah, that's a, a nice modern game, and then realised it's almost ten years old. So mm, I wanted to find something that was graphically taxing for the Steam Deck, and I thought mm, it's probably not going to do it. But anyway, I did install it, but I'm getting this weird window, like this border around the the, the play screen, which. Is obviously something to do with my resolution, but every time I try and up the resolution, the game crashes. Now, it might well just be that game, and I'm sure there's loads of stuff online for it. But I've, uh, I don't feel like I've had a great introduction to the Steam Deck, but I don't want to say that because I feel very fortunate to have one and to be able to mess around with it. But I do feel like it's probably something, it is a PC after all. Mm. And, and you know, you console gamers will know that the beauty of playing on a console is that you just unless it's the Xbox One and you're trying to play The Wolf Among Us, you just stick it on and it works. Um, Amen. The Steam Deck feel, feels like it needs to be played with a little bit and 
optimized by the user yeah and uh, that's what i need to do so i am going to do that at some point i just need to dedicate myself to playing a game and then that will force me to really dive into the dive into it so may have to wait for season four before i really get under the hood of it i think yeah yeah it's like emulators sometimes isn't it if you're playing a game in like an emulator you end up spending more time Massive yeah, settings and yeah. everything else. <laughs> I actually do play in the game. I think Chris has definitely been just unlucky. It's it's the the absolute uh, well opposite of my experience with the Steam Deck so far. So mm. yeah. I hope there's nothing wrong with my Steam Deck. Mm. So is is yeah. uh, GTA Five one of the games that says that's actually been certified to work on the deck? Yeah, so it does. There are certain fe- so what it says is, is it does work and it's certified to work, but some of the text. Maybe difficult to read in okay. places is what okay. it says. That's weird then. Hmm. Mm. Funny. You should play Headlander by Double Fine. I played that as one of my first games. It was great on the deck. Well, I have downloaded on your recommendation the Aperture Desk Job. Yes. Yeah. Try that as well. Thing. So I know that's almost a tech demo for the Steam Deck. Yeah, that's a short half hour thing. experience. So I'll I give think. that a go. Yeah. If that works, if that works perfectly, I know it's just a setup slash settings issue within the game. Yeah. yeah. That I just need to mess around. To be honest, I don't even want to play GTA. I do want to play GTA Five. I don't want to play it right now. I just, I just, I was just doing it as a way of kind of testing what a three D modern ish game would look like. Because of my seven hundred games in my Steam library, I think about six hundred of them are pre nineteen ninety. So it's uh, I don't have <laughs> don't have much to test on it. Um, it's going to be look great looking emulate uh, retro machine though. Yeah. Does does it does it run Doom? It does indeed. I, I suspect <laughs> not the way mine's going at the moment. So, did you install Emudeck? And uh, not yet. No, no. I've only installed no. it, and never actually used it because I, I guess, think I've mentioned this before, but I got stuck on the whole uh, getting all of the right files loaded in RetroArch, and uh, never actually got into it. Yeah, that is the thing with RetroArch. It's absolutely wonderful, but my golly, does it take some setting up? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, depending on the system. But the systems I yeah. tried, you need this and that ROM file for the BIOS yeah. and so on and so forth. Yeah. Anything that needs a BIOS is a first-class pain in the rear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's me. That's you. Nothing else. No other purchases. Best behavior. Well done. I'm dying to talk about Wolf Among Us. Cool. Yeah, all right. Well, we'll crack on. Mads, how about you? Anything you'd like to report before we get onto the discussion? Yes. I've actually finished the game. I've finished the game. What did you finish? It's Wolf Among Us. It's Wolf Among Us, of course. <laughs> so, uh, but that's still that's going down on the list as a finished game. So, uh, and apart from that, I actually finished this little game called Samalart on the Game Boy, which is I'd call the point and click adventure, even though you don't point and click, you move and click, I guess. But it's a nice little, um, yeah, indie game recently developed. Maybe it's from last year or the year before that for for the Game Boy, and it was. Uh, Currently, the game of the, I'm not sure whether they say month or but at least of the episode for um, um, new f- new flame old game. No, new game old flame. That's new it. game old flame. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that that was great. I had fun uh, playing that and listening to their podcast. So uh, yes, another game finished, and it's only like an hour, so it's a it's a nice little game to, oh, to nice. play. Very Played it on my on my Game Boy Color, and that was nice to play it on the original stuff as well. Yeah, nice. yeah that's awesome. Nice. Good and Jim, anything you'd like to report? Just 
not much time for gaming, mate, unfortunately. I've been just busy since we last recorded. I did manage to finish off uh, Sonic 2 in Sonic Origins. So I'm oh, working my way, still working my way through that in order, Chris. <laughs> I like to hear it. But yeah, no, just, just been busy, mate. Yeah, just not much. Apart from, obviously, The Wolf, which I'm sort of sat with uh, in, in one session. I, I think it's also worth pointing out for the record, I think this is the first time we've actually recorded the next episode in less time than what we originally said. We always say we'll record within the next 10 or to 14 days or whatever, and then it's usually about three weeks later. We yeah, said yeah. a week to 10 days, and this is I think this is six days later we were currently recording, aren't we? So mm. Not even that. Four days. Four, yeah, yeah. It's only Sunday we recorded. Was it? it okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess depending on how you're counting. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, it is. I've, We're doing I've well. I spent more time with you guys than my wife. This week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a similar my comment wife was made, made today that tonight as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what have you been up to, Andy? Because you, you've you've had some time off work, haven't you? You've been I... filling it with exciting stuff. Mm. No, I would like to see it. Although <laughs> what I have been doing, I'd said to you, I'd said to you at the end of the last episode that I was quite looking forward to this week, just being able to maybe catch up on a wee bit of a backlog. I've done very little catching up, but what I did do was start Devil May Cry today. Oh, nice. Yeah. But having just said what you were saying about consoles, there was me quite pleased with myself, <laughs> got my sealed copy that I'd got from a charity auction of the devil may cry hd collection off my shelf today unwrapped it put it into my series x and find out that it's not a backwards compatible game oh no yeah nightmare so yeah. what's that the 360 remake was it yes yeah the yeah. 360 hd collection because then yes. they brought it out again didn't they for ps4 they and did. xbox one yeah 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 yep. and so i think as a consequence probably did something to prevent it from being able to play yeah, on the series yeah. x to as a cynical cash grab so i'd started that today i quite enjoyed it actually it was good I, I literally played the first level and just got a chance to see what it's all about but i will keep this is probably the point which you tell me you finished playing it or has it got a wee bit more to go yet no we're playing it for the whole month so you've got you've got plenty of time oh that's fine that's good one, one little hint after you die a couple of times it'll give you the option to switch to easy and i mean easy auto mode. <laughs> switch well funnily enough I, I i did i saved it after the first level and it said uh it said something along the lines of like you know difficulty or um play option or something and it had normal i said wait one second i didn't get the choice to choose easy here <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna have to restart my file but i couldn't find it so that's the case is it you will yeah you just need to die a couple of times and then it'll say andy I, we know it's you. Don't <laughs> worry. Yeah. Here's easy auto mode. The only the only warning I would give you is that it, it it doesn't necessarily make the fights any easier. It just makes the mechanics a lot easier. It makes the moves a lot easier to pull off. Right. But I think it kind of spoils the game because instead of being able to do all the whizzy button combos that make him look cool and you feel cool, you just basically hold down the attack button and he looks cool himself. Oh, even better. It's like... One button, one button fatalities <laughs> in Mortal Kombat. But, but there is, I tell you now, yeah. <laughs> there is virtually nothing about that game that's fun other than the mechanics of the combat. Okay. So, so be warned, and I think once you've switched, I don't think you can switch back. All right. Oh well. So I'll, I would try and persist on persist on normal if you can. Yeah. But it is difficult. Okay. Okay. We'll see how I get on with it. Oh, yeah, it was a good first hour or so that I enjoyed playing it. It was good. Got yeah, some it's very playable. I really, I really like. I mean, the rose tinted glasses were very much on when I. Yeah, it probably doesn't hold up quite as well as I remember it, but it's still a, it's still a fun, 
a fun few hours. I mean, you can finish it in about six and a half, seven hours. Mm, so. Okay. Oh, well, I'll crack on with it and see if I can get that done this month then. Um, so that's been it. That and the playthrough of The, um, of the Wolf Among Us. Um, so, yeah, as I say, we've got a reasonable amount to cover on this one to 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 wrap up our, our discussion off the playthrough and then more importantly to get both our thoughts and some of our listeners' thoughts as well. We've got quite a few submissions for this one. So um, I guess without further ado, rather than going through the a recap, which we've been doing for the previous episodes, there's actually quite a lot to recap. By the virtue of the fact that you've made it to episode five, you probably know what's happening in the story by this point. So we will assume that's the case um, because... By the looks of things, before you start episode five, it gives you quite a rather than playing a a prologue, a, a prologue chapter, it basically gives you a full recap of your own personalized play experience, which I guess mm. for each of us will have been slightly different anyway, which slightly defeats the purpose of it. Um, so instead, I guess what we'll do is we'll jump over straight to John Shepherd. He's very kindly sent in a listener clip for us, and at the point of recording, had only played up until the end of episode four. So if we put this in now, then there's no spoilers for later on in the game. So here's John Shepard with his thoughts up until the end of episode four. Hi, everybody. John Shepard here, or I go by John Shep 100 on Discord. And I just wanted to share with you some of my experiences with The Wolf Among Us. I came to this game with only a passing familiarity with Telltale games, having played a couple of episodes of The Walking Dead on the iPad, and absolutely no knowledge of the Fables comic series, so I wasn't sure what to expect. I should also mention that I haven't actually finished the game yet, and I'll explain why in a minute. I must admit that my initial impressions of the game were not that great. The idea of putting fairy tale characters into a gritty detective noir setting seemed a, like a little bit of a gimmick, and I'm not a big fan of stories where everyone is just mean to each other all the time, which seemed to be the case here in the beginning. I was also put off by my early struggles with the quick time event system. I just couldn't seem to work out what the game was asking me to do, resulting in several deaths in the first chapter alone and much shouting at the screen. However, as the game progressed, and thankfully with me working out how the controls are actually supposed to work, I found myself getting sucked in. The art style and the music are wonderfully evocative of that detective noir style, so much so that by the end of episode 3, I happily sat and watched the end credits just to enjoy the look and sound of them and the atmosphere they create. And, as the characters were fleshed out more and more, I found myself enjoying my time with them. The fairy tale aspect does feel a little bit gimmicky, in that each character bears only a superficial similarity to their fable original, but it does make for a unique setting. A lot of my enjoyment from the game came from learning more about each character, their place in the fable town society, and how they interact with each other. The story itself is arguably a little weak, as the murder mystery of the first two episodes seems to have given way to a general tour of the dark underbelly of Fable Town, but I'm still invested enough to want to see how this pans out. And, once I got to grip with the controls, those fight sequences playing as the big bad wolf started to get a lot more fun. My one major grumble with the game is the choice system, because as the game progresses it becomes clearer and clearer that your choices make little difference to the overall story. Most scenes will end the same way regardless of what you do, and a lot of the time it seems that characters will always respond in the same way regardless of what you actually say or do to them. 
In some ways, this is a downside of having a forum like Playthrough to discuss the game on, as hearing about other people's experiences made me realise just how similar they were to my own. Possibly, my choices will have a cumulative effect on the final outcome of the game. I will have to wait and see. Because, as I said, I haven't finished it yet. In my playthrough, I've chosen to embrace the episodic nature of the game, and so have been playing it regularly on a Friday evening, with a beer in one hand and a controller in the other. Playing each episode in one go really helps immerse me in the world of Fable Town, and I can just relax and enjoy the story and characters without worrying too much about how much control I really have over it. And then I have all week to chat about it and compare notes with the good folk on Discord, which is always good fun. So thank you as always to Andy, Chris, Jim and Mads for all the work they put into producing this podcast. And here's looking forward to several hours of waffle in the next episode. Bye for now. So thank you very much, John, for your clip and for all your comments as well that you've been participating with us the whole way through. And I hope that you ended up enjoying episode five. Let us know your thoughts when you finish. I think you've got that penciled in for be tomorrow, tomorrow night, Friday night. Record, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He said he'll be there with a the beer. So enjoy that. Um, so we left at the end of the last episode on a bit of a cliffhanger where we'd arrived at the Crooked Man's lair, having been escorted in by Tiny Tim and it finished at the point where I think depending on each of our actions, I think all of us lit a cigarette, did we? And Apart from Mads. Mads sat Mads, down, I think. Mads yeah. sat down. Um, Mads got comfy. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. No, Mads probably started to take his clothes off. I can't believe it. <laughs> Switched the camera off, yeah. Yes. Um, and the episode picks up from that very point. So it's, uh, it begins with a crooked man who initially having thought that he was meant. He came across as potentially the big bad. He actually comes on a, a bit of a charm offensive with Bigby, and he's doing his best to disarm him by uh, offering him a drink, all this sort of stuff. But uh, he does have all his other henchmen in the room with him, who are sat there staring daggers at uh, at Bigby. I think itching to get stuck into him. You got the Jersey Devil that's brandishing a gun at him. So it's it's other than the the crooked man, uh, he's about the only one who's actually extending any sort of hospitality to Big B. Mm. If anything, that made me feel even more uncomfortable. Yes, yeah. Well, it comes back to the point that we were talking about the last one about how he obviously does wield some power. The crooked mm. man. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think he's as welcoming as he may be trying to no, sound either. Not I mean, initially. He makes a he makes a point of telling Big B that. Uh, the Jersey Devil has a gun loaded with a silver bullet, doesn't he? Yes. He, he kind of just drops that into conversation, yes. which makes you think, okay, this guy, you know, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, he can, yeah, as he gets, obviously gets his other, other people to do the work for him, I think. Um, I told him that I've got no interest in discussions, and he countered that with saying he's very much, that we've, as in Bigby and him, have very much been partners for some time, and I think he's referring to Crane's mismanagement and embezzlement of all the finances, saying effectively that um, Big B has been in not necessarily in cahoots, but it's all been on his watch that that's been happening. And by virtue of that yeah. fact, that he's as much in it as anybody else is. Um, did Did anyone take a drink from him or take any food or no. yeah. generally accept his offers of hospitality? Did you, Matt? Yes, I, I was trying to go along with whatever he said to see where the story would go. So I so I, I took the drink. Well, I didn't actually get it. Uh, I I think I asked for a scotch and uh, he didn't have that. So uh, 
He did a call-in on you. Mm. Okay, so that that's a bit of a dead end then down that road. Mm. Yeah. Um, the he confirms our these suspicions we had of the, the sort of the dominance that he has over the others. When Jersey ends up raising his gun to Bigby, uh, I think he's fearful that Bigby is actually is genuinely there on business and is about to transform. Um, but the crooked man just tells him to put it away and sit down. And that's when <laughs> he drops the line, "Don't waste the silver." Yeah, that's when he says it, doesn't he? Yeah, he says, "Don't waste it. the silver." Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, I, for in terms of how I was playing it and my kind of supposed playthrough, I cocked this one up a little bit. He asked why we were there, and I panicked a little bit at this point with making the choice. And I said to him, "It's because he killed the girls at the pudding and pie." And as soon as I did that, oh, you leapt to the assumption. Yeah, I said. I said as soon as I clicked, I thought, "I've got absolutely nothing to back that up." It's exactly <laughs> what he wants you to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I take it you guys didn't say that, being slightly more. No, no, well, I was I actually was... pinned the blame on the right guy. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, nice! Well done. Yeah, no, oh, I was okay. I was pointing the finger straight at him, telling him I'm not his friend and all sorts. Yeah, well, this is it. But then, having said this, I thought, well, I've kind of, uh, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound there. So I just basically said to him, I don't need any evidence. And yeah. I, I thought I'll just stick with this approach from now on. So <laughs> yeah, pretty um, much. That's yeah, that's kind of my. I was I, I was trying. I was trying not to ask him questions because I thought, like, if if I start asking him the questions, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into his power play. Yeah. So I thought I'm gonna try and tell him the score rather because at one point I asked him. I think I said to him, "Well, who did it?" And he said, "No, don't say that. Why did I say that? Because then you're giving him all the power. You're letting him." Because one thing that we learn about Crooked Man in this episode is he likes to dictate the conversation. And yeah. Now don't give him the the power to do it. Yeah. Yeah. He's very persuasive. Yeah, and I think it, I thought this scene was quite well written because I think probably no matter what response you come up with, he's probably got a a retort that just undermines a lot of what you've <laughs> what you've just thrown at him. Um, Actually, just just reading my notes, I did say to him, put it to him that you killed the women, and then when he said, I said, yes, he told told me that you did it, <laughs> <laughs> which. <laughs> Which I have no recollection of Jersey, but I thought I oh, need to pin the blame on somebody. Yeah, you'll yeah. Do, yeah first person you saw. Yeah, I, so Jersey gets a right dressing down from him. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, I okay. didn't see any of that. What's well, the difference this year? I, I told him I knew who did it, and then he asks you who did it, then, and you get to choose between him uh-huh. and Georgie and Jersey and yeah. one more, I guess. Bloody Mary. And then I, I, Mary, I, yeah. I said Georgie, and that was a uh, that was the right guy, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it was, so it turns out. Yeah, so you, I think, obviously, by virtue of that fact, Mads, you probably got the information a lot sooner because I asked him who it was that did it, and he said, as you'd expect, I simply can't divulge that information, and I've got this under control, and he, I think he says it'll all be dealt with internally or whatever. Mm. But um, Jersey, and it's dumb that's left living at this point, isn't it? It was D that we killed in the... Previous, yeah, it could be. Yeah, so it's dumb. That's in the in my case. No, I think no, it's the other way around. Dumb, it's Tweedle was dead. Yeah, Tweedle D was so dead, and it's D. Okay, yeah. um, so the the two of them start interjecting a little bit, and are obviously trying to needle Wolf, and you get the option to hit D, which I did, and that seemed to be this is my play. Seemed to be what got the reaction from the crooked man. So I punched D, 
and he actually briefly the crooked man this is briefly lo lost his temper and kind of shows the again this authoritative side and i think he feels in order to get the control back on his side or get it back where he wants the conversation to be he says he basically tells you it was georgie that was responsible for the killings right interesting okay. yeah yeah that's um, how i went down yeah i don't know how yeah, i didn't no. cop a bullet at this point because i'd punched tweed all d then i yep. punched geordie uh, yeah georgie <laughs> yep yeah, it's quite... you're going around like you're going around like you're number thirty in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it, it was quite good to see. I liked it because when the crooked man said, "Yeah, it was Georgie," Georgie says, "Yeah, it was me." So what type thing? And that was when I punched him, and that, he obviously panicked when that happened because he looked to the crooked man for some sort of protection or interjection, and he starts bleating that it was the crooked man that asked him to do it. Yeah. And this is the point where I think Georgie starts to catch wind of the fact that he's maybe not as quite as protected as what he initially thought. Yeah. And mm. uh, the crooked man says basically that was all a miscommunication and he told him to deal with it, but not as in deal with it, deal with it. So he's said yeah, Georgie's going under the bus big style here, isn't he? Oh, in yeah, a very big, time, big way. Yeah. yeah. And he obviously realizes it and starts panicking. So he's flapping around trying to get some help from Dee and Jersey. But uh, they're having none of it. And the crooked man effectively offers him up as a gift and says, you can take yeah. him if you want. I said to him, no deal. Um, I said, I don't, same as beforehand, I don't do deals. And the uh, Georgie actually loses his temper at this point And he's got Vivian on his side as well. And yeah. they are, they're obviously keen to see him walk out with Bigby because uh, as far as they're concerned, that they would consider that to be the end of the matter. But there's start, you start to get some quite threatening language from the crooked man at the same time. And this is the point at which I kind of dug in my heels and said, I'm not leaving. And uh, I guess we probably all arrived by various means that this is probably the point at which we all came back together because he effectively drops the veil and shows his true colours. And he says to me, he's disappointed by the outcome. Um, but then I think he, he says some along the lines of, why negotiate when you can just decide? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. By and large, mine played out the same way. I didn't get the scene where he, where you get the opportunity to to give uh, Tweedle a, a crack, right? But certainly had the opportunity, didn't take it to to punch Georgie. But yeah, you're right. You get to the point where he basically loses patience and says, "Right, yeah, I'm gonna decide." Yeah, yeah. And it's quite a good moment this because he glances to the side, showing a full end mirror that's yeah. sat there in the room, and you can see Bloody Mary on the other side of it. And then yeah. she steps through it, which is the first time that I think we've actually seen her interact with a mirror in any way, shape or form. She's Only when we were looking at it in the magic mirror and you could see her and she she looked at she looked at yes. whoever was looking at her through the mirror. Yeah. Um I didn't realise yet she was actually able to kind of step through them quite so easily. Um, well that's the legend, isn't it? Yeah, of Bloody Mary, you, you know, yeah. Yeah, so this is kind of the first point you get that we actually see that happen. Um and there's no messing about either. Whilst he, Bigby's distracted by that, he basically gets blindsided by uh, D, who hits him with a chair, and Bloody Mary starts kicking while he's on the ground. Jersey undergoes his transformation, so it's all going wrong pretty quickly. Yeah. And Bigby is just in the early stages of the wolf, so it goes into a load of QTEs here. Um, you had to dodge a silver bullet that obviously they, try, they do try to use the gun on him. And it smashes yeah. the mirror. 
but uh, D grabs a hold of Wolf and is gone. A fool Nelson continuing the wrestling analogies. And uh, George is about to stab him, but uh, Big B manages to wriggle free just at the last minute. And so D ends up getting stabbed instead as a consequence. Georgie grabs Bigby and he reverses a knife on him and stabs him in the stomach and guts him. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty nasty one. And Vivian manages to grab hold of him and grab him through the portal and Bigby's about to follow, but uh, you had the option. Or was it an option or not? I can't remember a bit. He basically ends up hitting Jersey over the head with a like a big candle stand as well, just before Yeah, I definitely uh, done that. But mm. yeah. As we established in the last episode, Jersey has got a very hard skull, so I don't think that's not going to have a whole lot of effect. Um, no. But just one correction. The gunshot doesn't actually shatter the mirror. That's over on the side where uh, Bloody Mary comes out. You shoot through like kind of a glass, stained glass window. And that opens ah, the, there's uh, a portal on the other portal. side. Ah, of that. that's it's what a... opens the portal. That's right, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, cheers. Yeah, don't know. that sounds right. So we merge out onto the street now, back in effectively the real world, back in um, the uh, the Bronx, and it's uh, Bigby sees Vivian helping Georgie into the car, into the car and driving off, but uh, Bigby chases after it. And uh, did you have, did you guys ever used to watch that really ropey Incredible Hulk TV series with Lou Ferrigno? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This scene just Ter- terrified me, of me as a kid, though. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It was an yeah an advert for not doing steroids, that's for sure. But well, uh, when he starts lifting up the car and stuff like yeah, that, yeah, that's mm. it. So he's got it. He's pretty much in his full wolf, or he is in his full wolf form at this point. And uh, no, like, not quite, ooh, is yeah. he, Andy? Mm. Not quite in his full wolf he's in form. His werewolf we... form. Spoiler. And <laughs> as far as we're aware, he's in his full wolf form at this point. And uh, he's on the car, but uh, they managed to drive off and basically it's a, now a long QTE probably actually the longest one in the game where you maybe second longest in fact where you pursue Georgie's car across the city and mm. I, I just thought this one I know there's mixed opinions on the QTEs themselves but what I thought was quite effective about this one was I think this is maybe the first proper one because it played out for a bit longer where you got a sense of the wolf's strength and agility as you make your way across the city yeah. I just I absolutely mm. loved this I mean I think you'd quite. I appreciate you have to play the bits as Big B to get the the payoff when you do turn into the wolf. But it's just so satisfying you were playing as, him. Yeah. particularly when you're hunting somebody like this, where you really sort of yeah. feel like you're, you know, kind of you're stalking them, just succumbing to all his natural instincts. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I think one of the things it does well with the QTEs is they tend to following like the direction of travel so like when you're jumping yeah. between buildings it's always up and so you yeah. can almost preempt it yeah so it feels intuitive yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the ones i yeah, struggle yeah. with is anytime if you have to press y or x that's what i struggle with yeah. on the xbox so that's not my preferred controller at the moment <laughs> <laughs> do you know i've got a theory as to why i've really enjoyed the qtes right the way through this game same and yeah. i and i'm not a fan of QTEs whatsoever, but I I was thinking about it earlier today. I think I think I know why. So, like in a mechanical game, like an action game, if you're playing something like Gears of War, whenever you have to do with QTE in a game like that, 
it's a complete and total pain because it takes away your agency and control that you would normally have over the characters. So, like, Resi 5, Jim, uh, Resi 6, remember that, when it was QTEs every two minutes? And it's annoying because it just takes you away from your normal control scheme. Whereas here, because you don't really have any control over Big B's movement, really, other than the odd occasional short sequence... It gives you actually just that little bit of agency over his movements. And I think that's why I think in these types of game, it actually works well when you don't have much direct control over the characters. I think that's why I've enjoyed that little bit of a change of pace when you do see them. I can't think of any QTEs in the whole game that I've actually disliked. Yeah, no, I can't think. Well, on the stats at the end, it tells you your deaths. You can see, and I've not, I've not died. I didn't die once, no. Okay. I did die once, but that was on purpose. I, I tried to see what would happen if I didn't uh, press uh, anything. Yeah. yeah, that was in the fight against Beast, wasn't it? Yes, exactly. I uh, died right back, I think, in the in the very first QTE, um, which I think I got roundly mocked for on this podcast, in fact. For which you deserved. <laughs> well, I would just like to add, uh, I think what well, George Shepard was talking about in his clip, I think he, he was not without his issues on the QTEs. I will hear from... Aaron Maupin later on as well, and again he loves a QTE, Aaron, but also also struggled with them on occasion. So I just I just <laughs> want to add that, that I was not the only one who died during QTEs. That's that's yeah. an important one to be out there. I I think um, it's to do with the pad layout as well because I was I was missing QTEs all over the place on uh, yeah, until on until dawn. Yeah, yeah. I got I got yeah. a trail of teenagers behind me. From <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Is there an easy mode for the QTEs in this game, Andy? Why are you asking me? I don't know. I just thought you'd know. <laughs> no, sadly not. I'd be using it if there was. There must be. There must be. Where you could just press the same button every time. There must be. Exactly. <laughs> or any button. You just have to. You just. I, if this was a modern game, there would. It would be the option literally to turn them off, wouldn't there? I would. Have, yeah, there would because need to be. Yeah. You know, with the accessibility options with the way games are going now seems like that's um yeah i imagine in wolf among us 2 when that comes out next year there'll definitely be the option to turn off the qtes yeah 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 um yeah so it, i thought this was one this is one of the uh, the real highlights of the, the the various qtes throughout the game um there was option during this chase i think i didn't realize that's what was happening but there was the option i think to pursue the crooked man's limo yeah. instead i didn't yeah. pick up that that was the case no so I, I just me neither i had my tunnel vision i was focused on georgie and i was i was after him because mm. um, you get the option of there's one point one on one of the jumps you get to choose which car you, you want do. to jump onto yeah, yeah. Yes. Ah, okay yeah. yep and i just thought that's i didn't clock it i just thought that's not georgie's car so i'm not going to jump onto it but it'd did anybody jump did anybody jump onto the crooked man's car no no I did the, how funny, the how exactly the same as Andy, and for the same reasons because I thought, oh, yeah. that's Georgie's car. That's where I need to be. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if the scene plays out differently if you do jump onto the crooked man's I car. I think it does. I think it does. Okay, interesting. Um, so it concludes on this chasing where you get him trapped down a back alley, but he ends up speeding back out, and Wolf has to jump out of the way, and he's he's free but he pursues him a little bit longer and you get there just in time to see georgie stumbling into the pudding and pie and yeah. you can do a quick look around outside you can see georgie's car and looks he looks inside and sees that it's basically full of blood on the back seat so yeah. you know that georgie is probably in a pretty bad state 
Um, as you come into the pudding and pie, you can hear Vivian and Georgie talking. So I hung around for a little while to hear just yeah. how long or otherwise the conversation would go for. And I guess it maybe it's the first indication that things there's still a bit more to it than what we've seen so far because I think they say something along the lines of it was supposed to stop with Faith and Lily and that was the line I heard at least it thought there's kind of it's it's yeah something's gone awry at some somewhere along the line here yeah um as you walk in Georgie staggers to his feet to come and greet Bigby and tells him outright that it's a crooked man he should be going for and the initially Vivian I think is trying to defend Georgie and for whatever reason during the conversation Georgie actually started to turn on her a little bit and it came up that the they, they mentioned about the, the ribbon on her neck being a genuine ribbon that's on her neck um, and he talks about how he was well, sorry. I, what I'm, I think what I was putting there in my notes was the fact that we'd we'd maybe had some suspicions that Vivian, it might have been a ruse yeah. that she had this ribbon on her neck um, as a cover. Uh, but it, it transpires in their conversation that's not the case. She does actually yeah. need to keep that on. Mm. Yeah. And she's actually the original. She's the fable that has yeah. that story. Well, yes. But although we don't know that yet, do we? Because it's initially my or at least it started off with him saying that he was instructed to kill the girls by the the crooked man because they'd effectively colluded to escape the pudding and pie so that was yeah uh faith and lily and um nerissa nerissa yeah so faith lily yeah. and nerissa had uh, i'd come up with a plot to escape what i'm still not completely clear on is why why is the crooked man's? Why is that such a bad thing for the crooked man that he'd have to call for their for them to be killed? Because I don't, we, fo- we find out later on that one of them got dirty. yeah at, at the very end. I think I, yeah. I don't yeah. think one, you don't find out anything until the very final scene on that one. Okay, so, well let's come back to it then because I, I still yeah I'm still I yeah remember today there was, why. there was nothing at this point that gave you any indication as yeah. to why one desert why why that merited what ended up happening to them i think i think it was faith she got she got she tried to get some leverage yeah okay on um, on him yeah and he Um, found out oh right okay so faith age so during the course of the conversation (laughs) you feel that you're getting somewhere and he reveals to big b that he was basically given the choice between Faith or Vivian, he had to choose. By the, the crooked man, made him choose who would live and who would die. And at this point, Vivian reveals that she's the original girl with the ribbon from the the fable, and that she'd used her own ribbon to make more of them to keep George's girls quiet. And by doing so, was able to uh, effectively ensure absolute discretion to the pudding and pies clients. And um, I guess allow her and Georgie to kind of have this real kind of a, a bit of an extortion racket with the girls that was going on there. Yeah, uh, I've got in, in my mental notes that Vivian is the the, the worst of yeah. all the characters in this uh, game. Yeah, and, and you get—I mean, having that curse and then passing it on to others—that's harsh. Yeah, yeah, these innocent girls, a lot of them were on really hard times, and she's really kind of 
used it to her and uh, George's advantage. And again, they talk yeah. about that right at the end. But you you get the option to to keep turning the screw on George at this point, or to turn to Vivian. So I swapped to Vivian because as soon as I yeah. fi- as soon as I found out that revelation, I thought, wait one second, Georgie is you know, he's a nasty guy, but you know. Uh... I don't think Vivian's motives were malicious, though, were they? Because she wanted to, didn't she want to create a somewhere where the girls could be worth something? So she she did she did it so that clients would okay it's a brothel, but she did it so that clients would would know that they would be confidential. So she did it to create this a great brothel and give the girls something to live for, who were otherwise. You know the the, the unfortunate. At, at the same time, so, she's cursing them and making sure to, that they they can't ever leave. Yeah, I'd see that. Yeah, I know there's two two sides to the story, but I don't, I don't, I didn't see Vivian as. Yeah, I mean, she's she's clearly not someone who's a hundred percent a rose, but I didn't also think that she was. Her, her intentions, to my mind, anyway, weren't evil. Okay. They were probably okay. misguided. But she's mm. one of the better characters in the game, actually, because she's... I think it totally depends on how you look at her. I, w- I thought this was her trying to justify her actions. And yeah. Yeah, that's... It's, it's, oh, really? She was saying that... Um, she was saying to Bigby, at least, it was never her intention for things to turn out the way they did, but more, as you say, to allow them to have some control over their own lives. And But why would she do that, though? Why would she curse them to ultimately to be trapped like that? and die well i think it allowed by i think i guess by doing so it allowed it allowed her and georgie to have a successful business which i think meant that they were largely left to their own devices and so you think she just enthralled them just for that just for her and georgie's betterment i think so yeah that's what she says Mm. yeah yeah that was that was what i took it yeah they wanted her justification is it was also for the girls as well isn't it well i guess she saw it as offering some form of protection to them where they were under yeah. her watch rather than mm. off doing something else for the crooked man or somebody else within the the underworld but again i think that's just her trying to justify some pretty um yes. despicable actions um yeah, i continued to turn the screw on georgie here i didn't i wasn't into his groveling okay what, what um, ended up happening with that I, I, it plays out, I imagine, in almost exactly the same way. It's just probably some of the interactions. So I've also just read on poorforward.com that if you landed on the Crooked Man's car, spoilers for what's going to happen in a second, but Vivian is dead by the time you get there. Ah, okay. So you don't you don't hear Vivian's story. Okay. Vivian's about to be dead well, in two minutes anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> Vivian is not walking out this room. Um... So George is playing his final hand here, and he, I think, as a in my play, in an order to try and give, um, he could see that Bigby was more interested in Vivian at this point, and he gives him the chance. He offers Bigby to remove the ribbon from Vivian. So I said, "Yeah, I'll do it." And yeah. the uh, obviously that kind of then that's burning any bridges between Georgie and Vivian, and she was giving sort of her last justifications for the way that she acted and was trying to convey a remorse to uh, to Bigby but um it it was it was quite a strange one really because um Georgie suddenly right he started to backtrack and started pleading with her to stop um because he could see that she was probably actually going to undo the ribbon mm. um but quite disappointingly so did uh, Bigby 
Bigby told her to. Uh, he started trying to talk her down from it, having just told her literally the previous, the previous, op- the previous. Op- <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Well, yeah. the previous option was. I think she says no. I'm gonna do it, and he says to her, "It basically, it's, it's the only way, or it's your only choice." And then she goes to do it, and then he starts trying to talk. He starts trying to convince her yeah, not that's to do weird. it. Yeah. So yeah. I think it was one of these so- ones where. The, it didn't quite join seamlessly together with the choices that I'd made. Yeah. No. It, yeah, did, I mean, it did with my choices because I tried yeah. to talk her off of it. So not, she didn't. So she wouldn't do it actually. All okay, the way through. Yeah, that, and then it, it all suited the, the conversation. Yeah. yeah. So did she live in your place then? No, no. 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 She, she chose to. She does. Anyway. Okay, so she yeah. takes off regardless. Yeah. And yeah. as we. Ex- it's quite shocking. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting falls off. Yeah. Powerful ribbon. Yeah. <laughs> we, just... we know all about the ribbons, but I, I don't know why I weren't expecting that. No, no, no. Um, Did anybody, does anyone know the story of the girl with the, the woman with the ribbon? Is it. No. Is it a well known fable? Mm. I'm, I'm not aware of it at all. No, I've heard. I have heard of the girl with the ribbon, but I didn't realize that this was the, the story yeah. with the story behind it as such. Um, so yeah, I think regardless, obviously she just she pulls this ribbon off, it effectively severs her head, and then she she <laughs> drops she drops to the ground. Um, yeah, it wasn't in my bedtime to... reading. That's as a kid. That's no, sure. no, no. no. <laughs> it's, um, I was seen worse from the Brothers Grimm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you you get the opportunity to react out you as Big B. It's quite funny. I I I forget what the options were, but my Big B just turns around and goes, Jesus, Jesus yeah, yeah. <laughs> my one, my one's probably even worse. Is that uh, Georgie was crouched over Vivian sobbing, and it's went, oh well, it's for the best. <laughs> and he was uh, Georgie was absolutely he was pretty angry, but he obviously realizes that he's not long for this world as well. Yeah, and you look down, you can see that his intestines are now kind of effectively on the outside rather than the inside. Which I'm, I'm no doctor, but I know that's not a good thing. And can we just Georgie is a fable as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Georgie Porgy. Yeah. So we've seen fables getting shot, being hit in the the head with an axe, uh, run over by cars. I think everything's mm-hmm. happened to these fables. None of them ever die. Why does he die by just yeah. a knife in his stomach? Yeah, I think his intestine was hanging out, wasn't it? You but I do take it back in, mate. yeah. <laughs> that was... back in, yeah. Jersey Devil had just sewn himself up and crack on. Yeah, exactly. He? he looked he looked fine, and that was he. He was completely beaten just a couple of hours before. So did he yeah, die I, by his own devices, yeah. or did you kill him? Well, I think he would have died, but I yeah. you had the option whether or not to put him out of his misery, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So did I anyone? Chose to kill him. Did anyone stand on him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was, the to, there, there was the option to hurt him first before you kill him. Oh, okay, okay. I did. Did you guys do that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Put the boot in <laughs> and then blast off. <laughs> yeah. You massacre. He basically oh. does a mud hole stomping on his on his stomach and then. Uh, oh God. And then kills him. With I am. I am. I am terrified of you two. <laughs> Try kill him out of mercy. So. Oh, so I I walked off and left him. And as he as Bigby walks <laughs> off, he says, "Oh, you got plenty of time to mull it over." Right. <laughs> no. So he asks is... he asks me to to kill him, and, and I did. Yeah, yeah. But he but he kills him by like pulling out his in. He, oh. he could have just stabbed him in the head, couldn't he? Yeah. But he he actually kind of sticks his claw into his wound, and like then his intestines are just everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not so maybe not. You know how player. I like the numbers. So uh, me and sixty-eight point six percent of the players killed Georgie on oh, the PC. Yeah. There you go. Well, for once, the um, less psychopathic players are on the Xbox. Fifty-four point three percent killed Georgie. Yep. Well, Interesting. As I said, it was a mercy killing. He would have rather have died fast than. Uh, from a, a gut wound over a I long period of time. I wouldn't necessarily stamping on his stomach and then pulling his guts. It was a mercy killing on my part. But uh, no, I mean, yeah. you, you would have got you <laughs> and 0.2 percent so of other players yes. stood on his stomach. <laughs> the, there is one funny thing though. Before this, that you talk in one of his last conversations, George, he's talking about the crooked man, and you have the option of saying to him, "Look, the crooked man's going to get worse yes. than what you've got," or I did, and then you get. Uh, that you get, um, Georgie will remember that. And I was saying to myself, what's the point of that? Yeah, not for a long time. <laughs> I, yeah, he'll remember it for the next 30 seconds while he's alive. Yeah, Because yeah. this was right at the point when he's right on the on the edge of death. Yeah, I noticed like, that Okay, well. thanks, game. <laughs> I loved the uh, the way that the whole scene ended as Bigby walks out and stops to switch the lights out on the way out and yeah. switches off the neon lights outside the club and everything as well. Yeah. It's, uh, he's like, that, that's him well and truly... Business is closed. That's the end of this place. Yeah. That's the end of that's the end of the pudding and pie, well and truly, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, I've got in my notes here. No time for weakness. People are going down. <laughs> yes. I like it. This is uh, this is this is the way. This is the approach to take. So we're into the final, the very sort of final scenes here. Um, we move on to the. He revealed actually. I think that we needed to go yeah. to the Shepherd Metal Works. That was that's where. Right. Um, the crooked man was operating out of. So Bigby arrives by taxi. It's always by taxi. He doesn't seem to get a squad car for some reason. And you find the um, crooked man's limo parked outside. You make your way in, and as you get into the main chamber, the door closes behind you, and we can see it's like a what's well, a foundry, basically, isn't it? A big smelting works. Mm. And as you walk in, you hear Bloody Mary greeting you or taunting you as you walk in. And says something along the lines of "You used to be something, or used to be someone, something like that." I think, and we find as we make our way through along one of the gangways, you find an office board that's got kind of a series of candid photos documenting uh, Big B and some of the other people's times during the investigation. Now, there's one here that completely passed me by, but it does apparently have some relevance at the end of it all. With theories, is that there's one of Nerissa and Faith talking to each other and it looks yeah. it looks as though they're possibly having an argument as well yeah yeah now i'm looking at the i'm looking at the pictures now and uh yeah there is there is one where they're yeah obviously engaged in some kind of heated conversation yeah yeah in so, fact faith is faith is in most of them right okay okay yeah um it looks like the crooked man's torture wheel is in there as well for some reason that might be yeah. where he yeah takes people to get yeah. some answers to his questions uh, I I thought actually for the first time in the game this is the point at which I, I guess because it's the first point they've really wanted to build attention some very effective use of the camera angles in here as you're making your way in uh, it had a real kind of almost back to like an early resi game the feel to it where you know or you suspect there's maybe going to be a jump scare or a surprise yeah. attack coming from somewhere because it always just very carefully keeps a little bit out of sight where you suspect somebody might be, and obviously you've got Bloody Mary talking to you at the same time. It builds the atmosphere up quite nicely. Yeah, it's very authored because the 
the music as well is ramping up as you're walking over and I know that because at one point I walked back because I wanted to, I, I thought I might have missed something so I actually walked back and the music gets itself into a bit of a a bit of a kind of weird uh, mess okay. for a minute because it's trying to sort itself out but the intention is obviously you just carry on walking yeah, yeah. Um, but it's very it's a very altered but isn't this the section. first time in the game ever where you actually get that much real estate to walk around on because normally you're walking yeah. around one screen or maybe a screen and a half here in this game yeah. here it actually feels like you're walking into this uh, old foundry yeah yeah it was good yeah and it gives you that chance to really get see to build uh, to build the tension we end up in one of the back rooms so we can find a workbench that we can see it's where there's been some silver bullets being cast and Bigby's about to investigate what's there when um, Bloody Mary suddenly appears behind which we knew was coming but we just didn't know when and um, attacks him and it's just before it kind of gets into the full QTE the, the crooked man appears but literally just to take his leave that's that's all his kind of that's all he does in that scene and says I'm going to leave you with Bloody Mary and do what you need to do type thing um, it's a short QTE at which point Mary vanishes and we can see that we've, for the first time she's got a, a skill that we haven't really seen up until now where she can teleport around and she's zipping all over the foundry and so we have to set mm. off to go and investigate her um, Bigby's kind of gone into his first transformation at this point uh, again a great way of building the atmosphere you get trapped in or you have to basically go through a narrow crawl space or wall space that you're going through that obviously puts you like what it was in Until Dawn where you know there's something that's going to appear right in front of you yeah and Bloody Mary reappears and starts launching some uh, dashing and slashing attacks at him. yeah yeah I, I I wasn't sure if I was blocking these or not we we have talked about the QTs being fairly generous I thought I was pressing the buttons in time but it looked as though Bigby was still getting hit yeah so yeah I think she she's meant to hit him isn't she I think yeah, yeah but if you don't press it in time you'll get like a blood spatter as well yeah, oh, I think I once getting... I I didn't get it in time, so I got this blood spatter. The other times he just puts his arms up and he still gets hit, but he doesn't get hurt that much. Okay, yeah, I couldn't quite I couldn't tell if I was blocking them or not. Um, Mary is his absolute nemesis. I mean, Bigby absolutely owns all of the other fables in this game, doesn't he? He yeah. kicks their ass something rotten. Yeah, but Mary is the one who he just cannot best. Yeah. She's his. She's his proper nemesis. Yeah, she knows. Yeah, she knows his every move and knows basically how to really get out yeah. outsmart him as well. Um, yeah, she appears here in her final form, and I actually find this a little bit terrifying. It's pretty yeah, same. brilliant. It's pretty it's brilliant. freaky. Um, so she got this kind of really ghoulish appearance with all these shards of mirrors protruding from all over and just uh, a combination of that and the music I actually kind of felt the hairs of my arms stand up a little bit at this point it's, yeah. uh, I was playing at night time and everything and I was like oh wait one second this is the first time we're <laughs> I'm going to go put the lights yeah, on yeah where, where, where this game has kind of crossed, crossed the boundary into sort of being a little bit more um, yeah. it, it, I, I'm not a massive fan of kind of supernatural threats and this is the first one that you thought that kind of had that had that yeah. look about it um, hey, dick, dick, the the design, the the image of Mary in her final form, I absolutely love. Like if you just if you watch it, look at a still of it somewhere. It's just it's just brilliant. I th- I'd love to see some concept art of how they 
got to this fate, this stage. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. she's got these shards of glass coming out of her body mm. everywhere. Yeah, and like there's blood running down her face, out of her eyes. And her teeth and are looks... all pointed like glass as well, almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. she looks terrifying. Yeah, and this this setup, as you say, with the music and this, this even the setting in this abandoned factory is. They absolutely nail this scene. Yeah. Completely nail it. Well, I was going to say, I think this is the best scene in the game, but... I com- Yeah, I agree, yeah. Do you want to talk about it? No, you talk about it. You're... Well, it's, well if, you, a... if you enjoyed it... No, I just... Just to I give think somebody else a chance you... to talk about it. Do you want to... Well, we'll... I mean, we're going to talk about, as the bits as it, you know, we're going to talk about Big B's transformation in a moment, but I think even before you get to that stage, which is clearly... The big moment of the game, isn't it? The the game, the moment where he reveals his true, true form. Yeah. But even before you get there, you, you've you've got Mary's reveal. Yeah. And you've got the music building. I think even before it gets to the big reveal of the big bad wolf. Yeah. It, everything in this scene works, and I've the, the the game has worked to on a certain level for me, and I think certain episodes have been good, and some have been okay. But in this scene, like it just all comes together so well. Yeah. Like to the point where, yeah, I had goosebumps. Yeah. By the end of this. Because well, I think it was the initial part where, as you were just saying, where, just prior to this phase where she's transformed, you, Mary's the one person who you think has the potential to kill Bigby. Um, yeah, definitely. And so, now that she's in this final form, it's, and you well. You've just had these series of attacks. You fall from the plat from a platform, and you're now in your final form. And you think that's great. Yeah. I might actually be able to give her a go now. She raises another notch because then she starts appearing in these multiple, almost as though yeah, they're made the from each of the shards of glass. All these other ones start to appear at the same time. Reflections, of course. Yeah. What are they, Matt? Reflections. She's yeah, mirror images. Yeah, yeah. mirror images. Yeah. yeah, and so they uh, more and more of them basically start piling onto. Bigby and grinding him down and so you get the option you've got all these QTEs that you can you can take one out you can take one out but there's just more and more of them coming at him mm-hmm. and you can see that uh, there's just going to be too many if, if, it, if the fight's going to continue in that vein that you are not going to be able to beat them and he ends up underneath this giant pile on of them but oh it'll be one of the probably the takeaway memory from this game I think where yeah. you just closes in on him and you just see his eyes turn solid yellow and he takes on what we now know to be his proper final form of the big bad wolf and effectively becomes a giant wolf it is just i was if i wasn't halfway through trying to do all these qte events i would have been (laughs) punching the air and jumping up and down it was just so cool as you see the the music at this point had really sort of risen to a crescendo as well and it is just everything that's good about scenes like this where just when you think that's it, you've had your moment, there's that, you've got that one last answer to things and they pick themselves up off the ground and come back even stronger than before. And it's great. It is so good. Uh, And the wolf looks spectacular. It's massive. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? It just looks so good. And and with the music and... Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I was sitting there grinning like a like a child you know I've absolutely wonderful and he's, wonderful he's just scene. chomping through them all in here yeah and, and yeah, he's actually able to gets... each time he does it smashes them into all lots of little pieces of glass yeah. or mirror again and you see so you th- you yeah. realize that he does have an effective attack against each of them 
Yeah. And yeah. But great. despite that, more and more of them keep coming. And then he charges up what you th- what you think is going to be sort of effectively his his special his special attack, which is obviously what has been alluding to the whole way through the game with his huff and puff cigarettes and it's uh, it's his huff and puff attack really isn't it where yeah. it's a big bad wolf blowing well it blows blowing houses house down, down but it also sends all of these guys cartwheeling everywhere and smashing to bits and and there's a nice it, bit in the book of fables as well that tells you where he, he got that from his from yeah. his dad the north wind and all, and all yeah. that yeah yeah seen that yeah. yeah the north wolf yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. the whole thing was just so good and then it culminates with just the original being left, the original Bloody Mary. Do we think that that is the original, or do we think the the Bloody Mary's gone and this is just a last well, of the good... images? I don't know. That's right. as if this was the original because she looked scared because she didn't yeah, she did. want to get hurt. Yeah, the others she... weren't scared yeah. at any point. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, all the others were sort of jumping on him, but she was sort of climbing up, wasn't she, to sort of get away? Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. that was my take on it. That this yeah. this was her. Um, and it was actually Reese's Reese's idea on Discord today. Actually, that he he thought that it might not have been the real Bloody Mary that died in the end. Yeah, uh, I said I said, but she literally had her head bit off, and he was like, "Yeah, but it was glass." <laughs> I don't know. Well, we'll see. Um, so, in her final act of desperation, she pulls this glass shard out of her head. And takes a dive at Big B to try and yeah. uh, attack him, and you get this slow motion scene where Big B jumps up to meet her as she's diving down. Yeah. One final QTE where he grabs her in his jaws and shatters her to pieces, and uh, lands back down and is just stood there for a second as the big bad wolf, this victorious big bad wolf, and you're just like, yeah. come on, how good is this? Yeah. It was, it was just, yeah. it was so good. Um, he he quickly transforms back into his human self and looks up well initially I think he's he was naked, wasn't he? And I think was there there was Yeah, there's clothes lying yeah, on the there floor, are, aren't there? There are some clothes lying there. Um, I wonder how they didn't get ripped. But, uh, it's nice that when you transform you like your, your, your clothes <laughs> is just uh, magically transported to just a couple of meters away from you in a nice nice pile nice there. Pile. It's yeah. the incredible you, Hulk it, thing again, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's and if you want to pick holes in it, you could ask why Bloody Mary just didn't shoot him with the revolver that she had loaded with the silver bullets right at the start of the fight. But if she'd have done that, we wouldn't have seen that amazing transformation. So (laughs) I'm just glad she didn't. Um, Bigby glances up to the foreman's office, and he can see that the crooked man has been up there watching it the whole time. So you make your way up. As you get into the office, he pulls out the handgun that's got the the silver bullets in it and you've actually got the option to strike him at this or to make to strike him did you guys do that at all or yeah i tried actually what happened fires a warning shot at you ah okay okay and he says that the next one won't miss ah nice Mm. i waited i I let him talk for a while because you get a long time where you can talk and you you can you can select that punch or whatever it is so in the end i i thought oh i'll go for it yeah. Okay, so, okay. so my yeah. big B in, in this uh, in this episode, I was well and truly tired of Snow and all of her rules and all of her <laughs> disdain for everything that is uh, not by the book uh, that that came from uh, the ending of uh, episode four. Yeah. So uh, I was a bit more um, direct in this episode. 
that's the spirit, Mads. Not, what not as bad as you guys, of course, but uh, a bit more direct. Uh, well, you're taking <laughs> those first steps. Yes, that was your gateway there, Mads. It's a slippery mm. slope from there. The, um, the, they get engaged in some conversation and the cookie man surmises that Snow wants Bigby to bring him back to the woodlands and that's what he has in the crooked man that's what he wants too he basically wants to stand in front of all the fables and give his side of the story and his justification yeah. for doing this um i reminded him that snow's not here and yeah. um he was adamant that he's to go back and address the fables and have a fair trial and i offered to take a corpse back instead and um similar to but when we we're back in his office he seemed to have an answer for everything yeah, and he does have an answer yeah. for everything. He seemed to be taking the line that he's but a simple businessman um, and innocent of any of the crimes that Wolf would have him answer for, which technically is true up until this point, given some of the accusations I was slinging at him. But uh, he seemed to gauge from Bigby's manner that Georgie was already dead. And I guess that would have been the case in all of our... Well, Georgie would have been dead in all of our plays, but I don't know if he picked yeah. up on that with you guys or not. Um, you did. This is, I guess, where there'll be a, a real divergence. I said to him, "You're not going anywhere," and it gives you the strap line. You rejected the crooked man's deal, and he said, "How unfortunate!" And it was very unfortunate, but for him rather than for me, um, he makes to shoot you. I swiped his gun aside and pinned him to the wall, and then you got the option to kill him, which I did. So I just strangled him thought that was probably the best way to go about it yes yeah, um, yeah. Oh, did you just try did you yes killed him? yes, yes. Mads, this is it this is it he took his baby steps and that was it he just went it didn't take long it was in there all along have you guys not seen the walking dead right to the end cut like violence begets violence when does the cycle ever end if you don't stop when it Bigby says my, it my ends, thinking was when... that this guy is such a smooth talker he could probably talk his way out of this and he he really I, I didn't want him to get away with this, so absolutely. Uh, I, I thought I might thoughts. as well just bring back a bag of corpse. So, you, you <laughs> monsters! I I arrested him. Oh, okay. glad somebody did because we need to know what happens if you do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you because I I did the right thing. <laughs> Bigby's trying to do the right thing. Remember, he's a he's a reformist character. The right thing was taking the crooked man out of the picture. The crooked man is he's a poison. He's a cancer that will just get in amongst them all and the world will never be a happy or safe place with him in it. Exactly. He preys on the weak, Chris. Yes. And he even but says to me... Uh, oh, before we go to the witching world, should we hear from one of our listeners? Yes. Yeah. For sure, yeah. We've got a couple of submissions we can listen to. Let's go and hear from John V. We'll have a listen to what John V's got to say about this. Hi there, it's uh, John here, John B from the Discord group. And the last few weeks I've been the big bad wolf. So this is a completely new game for me. I previously played the Walking Dead Telltale game, having been heavily invested in the TV series, but had no real interest in The Wolf Among Us at the time, knowing nothing of the original comic series. First impressions were really good. I was playing on the iPad, which feels ideal for this sort of game. I think it even makes the quick time events easier. The first episode was available for free, and I was really impressed with the art style. It's really fun seeing fairy tale characters out in the real world. I didn't have knowledge of all of them, Bluebeard, for example, 
but that didn't really spoil the game for me. No real puzzle to solve and your decisions don't have that much of an impact on the game. I did find that as the game pro progressed I was getting increasingly violent whenever I was given the opportunity. So some highlights for me, the interactions with Colin, Snow being dead at the end of episode 1 then reappearing in episode 2, Bigby taking on full wolf form in the final episode. The ending is suitably set up for multiple interpretations and then a sequel, which hopefully will have more Colin in it. So this game is such a refreshing change of pace from Horizon Zero Dawn and just shows what a sort of wide breadth of style of game we have around nowadays. Um, taking just over an hour to play each episode, perhaps a bit more if you want to read up on some of the fables, but even that's not necessary. So... That's all from me, just enthusiastically awaiting the next Waffle episode. Uh, thank you very much, John, and we will catch up with you hopefully for the next season as well. I know you're looking forward to our uh, Waffle 4.0 and Season 4 picks, so hopefully you'll be able to join us for that. Um, so, well, three out of the four of us have taken out the Crooked Man, but Chris, you've kept him alive, so... I believe in the rule of law, Andy. Mm. So only three of us were strong enough. So. Yeah. Well, Chris has got answers then, because just before we kill him, he, his last thing is, you're not going to get any answers, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, sure. So, come <laughs> <Yeah>. on, Chris. <laughs> I'm not sure he's got any answers to give, oh. actually. So he, so you bring him in, and I imagine... So, okay, so I'll tell you what happens in my scene, and then you, you guys can say what happens with, with yours. So you bring him in, Snow is standing around with essentially all of the characters from the game yep. who are still alive. Um, Bluebeard's there as well, who is a real enigmatic character in this game, isn't he? Like what? Like we, we I let no, let's save that to the summing up because the the stuff I want to say about the likes of Bluebeard. Yeah. Who, he so he's there. They're all there. They're all standing around. And then you you have the option, and in the meeting with Crooked Man, I told him that he would be given the chance to speak for himself and to put his side of the story forward. So you you let him speak. And he, he I can't be frustrated because he immediately says that he wasn't the killer. And he starts to say the killer he tells us he tells everyone that the killer was Georgie, and he says, but uh, Bigby knows that because Bigby's already killed him. So everyone's everyone's in shock and say, "What you know? What have you done? You've taken justice into your own hands with this, and you've killed Georgie." That doesn't really last long. But he's constantly saying about how he he's not the killer, and I was thinking, "Yeah, but what about all those things that you are guilty of? You know, what about the embezzlement and the manipulation?" But they're not like putting Snow reads a rap sheet to him, which starts off saying, "Oh, you know, you kill you killed the girls," but. They don't ever read. I'm like, oh, come on, you've got to press on to the other things because we know he didn't kill the girls. Anyway, he, 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 basically, the, 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 the thrust of his, of his story is that the, govern, the, fable, the fable government with Snow and Big B have they, they've made a right mess of it. You know, the, the results of their inaction action or inaction of Crane and Snow and whatnot is that there's a lot of fables who are down on their luck and have no money and they can't afford glamours and the farm is a horrendous place. All he's ever tried to do is give those fables opportunities to, to better themselves. And he says about Auntie Greenleaf, he said, who gave you the chance to 
make some money from your glamours. Who brought you back that last tree from the homeland? It was me. And he goes around a couple of them coming up with examples. And I must say, I, I start to feeling a little bit persuaded. <laughs> Even I, I, I was thinking... You know, he's right. And you get an opportunity at one stage as Bigby gets a chance to speak and you get an opportunity to, you can basically say he's a liar or you guys are all, I think he's got, one of the options is you guys should know what's good for you and we're here to protect you. Or you can say we'll be better and we have made mistakes. And I went down that road of basically saying, look, yeah, we have made mistakes. Crane was a nightmare, but now Snow's in charge and she wants to be better for you all. And we don't need this guy who, you know, he might well give you what you want, but then you're enthralled to him and et cetera, et cetera. And that seemed to be, and all the while this is going on, you're getting these messages in the corner to say, the crowd are considering what you're saying or Mm. the crowd are, the crowd believe you or, the crowd don't like what you say. So you're getting these... Did you always have of... them on side or did it sort of ebb and flow a little no, bit? No, because when the Crooked Man's speaking, it says the crowd are considering. And I think at one point it said... At one point it said the crowds are starting to believe... That... It's a bit gamey, you know? It's like a pendulum mm, yeah. swinging and you've got to choose the right dialogue options to get them back on side. I think what I said ultimately did get them on side. But it's kind of going back and forth and... As, as always, the crooked man's got an answer for everything. But then Narissa walks in yeah. out of the blue. She barges in and she says, I want to speak. And then she takes off her ribbon, obviously, because she can take off her ribbon. And she says, I was in the room when you gave the order to Georgie that to kill them. Uh, I'm the evidence that they need, that you were the one behind the killing. And that's it then. That's the end. That he he loses his cool then, and he starts he starts he doesn't have the smooth talking stuff, and and the 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 crowd decide he's. I forget now how they do it. They they declare him guilty. It, it's it's not the crowd. It's Snow and Crane, uh, Snow and Bigby who who basically declare him guilty, and then they're trying to decide on on the punishment. Um, and I said we should have a vote, but ultimately it comes down to Bigby. As to what he, they they say no, you should decide. I don't. Yeah, they say no, you should decide, Big B, what happens to him, which is a bit daft. But it gives you the opportunity to either you can either throw him down the witching well, uh, or or not. And I, I chose not to. Uh, I didn't throw him down the witching well. You get the opportunity. I think one of the options is I think it's anti Greenleaf for saying no, he should go into jail, like he should be made an example of and. Throwing him down the witching well won't save anyone. It's just killing him for, you know, we, he needs to. He's been arrested now, and he needs to. He needs to pay. He needs to be in prison for his crime. I think Beast is saying, "No, just kill him. Just throw him down the witching well. Let's get rid of him." <laughs> so you have this. You have this, and and you get two bites of the cherry. So I, I, I said, "No, we'll put him in prison." And then something happens, and you end up with him over the witching well. I can't quite remember what. You end up with him over the witching well. Uh, and then you get so you get a second chance then just to throw him in or pull him back and I pulled him back and arrested him and uh, yeah and and you arrest him and he's he's taken out and then you see just before the end you see a scene where Auntie Greenleaf has him in a cage and she's turned him into a crow yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah she's turned him in she's turned him into a crow and now he's gonna live out his days caged as a crow oh and she rips it and she takes his tongue out. So oh. he's got no, he can't talk. So he's just a, yeah, he's a crow that has no tongue. Oh. And he will live out the rest of his days in a cage. Mm-hmm. 
Harsh. After all the accusations from Andy Greenleaf about me being mean and yeah. I know she ripped his, yes, she ripped yes, his yes. tongue out. We, yeah, we had yeah. a completely different ending, didn't we? Yeah. So yeah. just some more yeah. numbers. So in in our little playthrough, seventy five percent actually killed the crooked man. Only ten point four percent of the PC gamers killed the crooked man. That, that surprised me. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that is. Yeah, we went. You can you can kill him. So you when you're in the scene, I'm just reading on poor four with actually some of the options that I didn't do. So when you're when you're deciding his fate, your options are to throw him down the well, lock him up, or rip his head off. <laughs> so you can just just in in front of the assembled crowd, mm. you can just literally rip his head off. But it seems like yeah, the crowd loved you a lot more than they loved us then, because man, were they down on us just for killing? Why? What? Bastard. Go on then. So tell me what happened with what happened with you so, guys. So this actually, this is where the narrative kind of fell apart for me because, uh, for example, Beauty and Beast they hated Wolf now. I mean, they were so against him having actually killed uh, the Crooked Man, who they actually asked they him to him kill. Yeah. I mean, they wanted us to kill him. Yeah. So that was so stupid. And, and especially Beast was very him, vocal right? about it and yelling and saying that we were a monster <laughs> and, and, and so on and so forth. So they hated us. Anti Greenleaf, who we saved and offered a job and did not burn her tree, in, in my case at least, hated us and thought we were a monster and everything. My only friends in that room were uh, Holly and Grendel, my new best friend Grendel. Yeah. So they, yeah, uh, they actually understood what we did, and, and well. yeah, initially and, Bluebeard. And they, oh, and Bluebeard, yeah, initially Bluebeard as well. True. It's like having Nick Farage on your side, that. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. But I mean, they, they, Grendel and Holly made more sense than any of the others in that room, and that was weird. All of yeah. the others, they were just they were just yelling and and, and spewing hatred and, and nothing else and whatever you said, it, it felt like it didn't have any impact. So I chose to just leave them. I, at, at one point, you can say fuck them and just walk away. So that's what I did. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, I got that option. Oh, um, right, yeah, it's not, not Nick Farage, it's Nigel Farage. There was, it, um, mm. there was a, the, the, the the opening part of this scene was absolutely brilliant, and it, I think one of these ones where I think. It was nice to see that maybe some of your previous choices did have an impact on the mm. scene because, like Mad said, came in, he walks in holding the crooked man's body and just dumps it on the table, <laughs> and um, they're obviously all absolutely horrified by that sight. And I said to him like, "It's over," and they say, "Well, what do you mean it's over?" I said, "He needed to die, so he's dead," and um, the they're obviously very concerned about me acting as the the judge, jury, and executioner, and uh, but. He's reasoning to them that what he's done is done and he knew that the crooked man was guilty. And so the crowd start to consider his argument. Um, but it's absolutely brilliant because you say to them, as you start to win them over, well, the crooked man ordered Georgie to kill the girls. And Snow, who has been up at this point looking very kind of despondent about the whole situation, suddenly perks up and she said, oh, well, that's great then. Um, she said, that, yeah. that's mm. fine. If we just, she wanted a crime to pin on him. She was like, that, yeah, that's great. If we just we could just bring George in for some questioning and he'll be able to explain it all. And then <laughs> yeah. she looks across at Bigby and Bigby's just sort of shaking his head. And she's like, ah, okay, he's, no, no, he's dead too. And, yeah. um, so and they, they, What really is, annoyed me was that nobody asked whether any of this was self-defense. I mean, uh, the crooked man is holding a gun with silver bullets yeah. to your head. I got and, that. And, uh, and you were... You, somebody asked that? Okay, mm. nobody in my playthrough, nobody asked that. They were just all very, very angry with me because those two guys were dead, Georgie and the Crooked Man, and nobody asked 
anything about the circumstances or anything. Yeah. I was just the uh, I, I was the big bad wolf. Uh, there was there was no uh, yeah. It, it was weird to me. That happened a little bit on my scene oh, as well okay. because one of the things that the crooked man throws at you is the fact that you killed Tweedledum, and at what not at one point does the snow or Bigby or anybody say, "Well, actually, did you see the circumstances in yeah, which exactly. he did it?" You know? Exactly. It's they're just yeah he and that's when he starts to win them over when he's talking about Bigby and obviously that is something that you didn't have to do so that scene would have played out slightly differently again mm. if you had not killed Dom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good then. That, that, there are some little differences because I got yeah. asked, I got asked how it happened. And I okay. I lied and said it was in you know, it was self defense, but they didn't believe me. They all sort of looked at him and went, "It doesn't look like self defense." <laughs> yeah. And they 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 started to come around as well, the same as you and they, they, they I started to win them over until the yeah they I told them that I killed Georgie as well. Yes. Um, although there was quite there's a bit that we've kind of discussed this. It's cropped up every now and again over the course of the game, and Snow White is still she is still not out of my. Yeah suspicions here because there's a point where it's a bit of a Freudian slip from her where she's talking about how at Bigby she's saying to him how important it is to follow the due process and it's in the middle of the argument and she's lost her cool a little bit and she says something like um, you weren't supposed to kill him without my and then she and then suddenly checks herself and she goes oh I mean uh, I mean our permission and there was definitely a point where she sees her as being the one who's got the, the, the final word on everything and the one who has mm. the absolute power. And mm. the others kind of picked up on that a wee bit as well. So I, I definitely... What, yeah, what we got to remember is there were plans for multiple seasons of The Wolf Among Us. Right. They they obviously never came to pass because of Telltale's demise. And I'm not sure about this, but I think, having watched the trailer of the new Wolf Among Us, The Wolf Among Us 2... That it isn't going to be any kind of continuation of what we'd seen. We don't see anything um, like that in the trailer, do we? To sort of mm, suggest a no. follow-on. No. Yeah. In... Whereas, whereas there was an intention to do a direct sequel mm. back in okay. 2015 or 2016. Yeah, that's it. I think. Um, in fact, I had a note about that for later because I was going to talk about the next trailer. But just while we're on the subject, it was from an article that was on um, the PC Games website. And it was an interview with um, a job uh, Stauffer. Stauffer. Um, he was, uh, I think, one of the the writers, and he was saying that from this. This is just quoted directly from this article here. Um, the announcement also came with the news that the the first season's cliffhanger ending won't be yeah. resolved. Um, it says it's he's he himself uh, the head of creative communications. This is said it's absolutely not a cliffhanger um he said it's an ambiguous ending that's left open to interpretation yeah um mm. so yeah i think it's safe to say that it's there won't be anything no. that kind of um that that, that that follows on from that um snow will forever remain an enigma yeah it sounds like it although the, the one thing that kind of that i quite liked about this scene was that out of all of the characters in the games the in the game the one that the ones that were effectively fighting my corner and the ones who ultimately I had the respect of at the end of it, I think were the ones out of everybody in the game I would want it from. Um, so it was the likes of uh, Gren and Holly. And we were talking about this. <laughs> well, I, but we were talking about this the, kind of like the real working class divide. And, mm. you know, yeah. these over the course of the game, you realise that these are very flawed people, but at the same time, they were trying to make the most of 
you could argue the same for all of them, I guess. But I think in, in some respects, they were better people than some of the ones who, and I guess it's seen specific, but I had the likes of uh, Andy Greenleaf and Beauty and Beast, etc. They were all Bluebeard. They were all properly laying into me. But mm. um, yeah, as I say, I had uh, I had these guys that were, that were, they were backing me up. And I thought, yeah, out of, any, out of all the people in the game, you were probably the ones who I would, I would defend over the others first. Yeah. yeah, Snow Snow seems like she's playing that role, doesn't she? Of someone who's in a position of authority but wants to be better than those who have gone before. So she's watched Crane essentially just be useless, as we'd seen when we went to his office and we read those letters. And she's trying to do, be better. But what, the game sets Snow up because of the whole Snow's dead, no, she's not. She makes that big, dramatic return at the start of episode two. It kind of sets her up and always dangles this idea that she might be more... And there might be something more to her. Like we were, even as recent as last episode, we were speculating that she yeah, could yeah. still be the baddie. But we're left with a snow that is just a little bit square. Ernest, probably, trying to be better than Crane and the rest of them. But still someone who, despite a lot of promise, doesn't really turn out to be that interested in a character. Yeah. I should... Not on Snow, but so you mentioned Narissa comes in at the end as well. So yeah, does she come in and yours she, as well? She does come did, in yeah. at the end, yeah, to sort of corroborate. Not at mine. Oh, really? Okay. Just because I guess I, I left, you'd left, I left the scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah. So me, me and about 15% of other players at, at some point had enough. So uh, Just walked out. <laughs> I, I had Holly and Gren in my corner and I was happy with that and I just said, fuck you and went... Yeah. Matt, you've changed. Mm. It's, it's probably it's actually I because you and I were kindred spirits on this. I, I was so tired of Snow White when even when I began this episode, but she was uh, the, the ending of the fourth really soured my relationship to, to, with her. So I was yeah. so tired of her way of doing things, and and she was not helping me in this conversation we were having around the witching well. There, uh, well, a country, I guess. So. Uh, I, I was just tired of the whole situation. So I, I was role-playing as, what would the big bad wolf do? He would say, yeah. everybody wants me to be, uh, uh, well, the culprit anyway. They want me to be the big bad wolf. Nobody will trust me. So, so just, just fuck him. I did what I what I had to do yeah. and left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was, some, there was some great dialogue choices with Big B, if you were playing it along those lines. Because I think the whole way through it, Snow is trying to make it look like they're a team. And, but you keep getting the option to effectively to undermine her and say, no, no, I'm just going to keep doing things my way. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. she uh, well, she, so, uh, she said something to Big Bear along the lines of, this can't... Ha-. She she almost tries to sort of put it behind her and say, oh, well, that's fine, all right, but this can't happen again. And you say to her, well, I'll just keep doing things my way, and if you don't like it, don't watch. <laughs> and the uh, and the others obviously see and hear this and are trying to see what Stowe's reaction is. And they ask if they can expect the same fate if they break the law, to which you can say to them, well, just don't break the law. And yeah, it yeah that's what I said. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's like proper Judge Dredd type uh, approach mm. to it all. Um, see, this is this is where, although you know, the stories generally are the same, this is where I think if we were playing these two games side by side, if someone was watching us play these two games, one after the other or side by side, they were watching my playthrough and yours, Andy, it feels like now they're probably the most polarised of all of us. They would see a completely different Big B almost, a completely yeah. different one. Mm. It, 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 I think by the end of it, the shade of his character 
is so much different to your Big B. Yeah. That actually it does feel like that the choices, although they don't matter in the grand plot, they actually do matter to the feeling that you get about the character when you walk away from the game. And particularly when you walk away from this scene as well. And I think that seems to have been the the, the, the bulk of the chat in Discord from the people who've finished this episode have said that this is the one where a lot of the, the choices, and as you say, you are... Um, the spit that you've put on your character really comes home to roost yeah. because yeah. I, I wasn't really having to, unlike maybe in episodes one, two, maybe even arguably three, I wasn't having to think about my choices anymore. I, I already knew yeah. the answer that I wanted to give each time that yeah. uh, that the option came up and, the, and those options were there, which I was quite pleased to see. Yeah, yeah. So what what's the crap with Bluebeard then? And what, what, he's always there, but it's so inconsequential to yeah. everything that and, happens in this yeah. game. Like, and then yeah. we see at the ending, don't we, where he's he's working in the office. Yeah. yeah, like he goes, like he's almost taken over, like Big B is Snow's favourite or something, or... Yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah, he was, he was definitely trying to drive a wedge between Big B and Snow, and he was trying to undermine Snow the whole way through it all as well. Um I snapped at him and pinned him up against the wall, and then it, it was very satisfying. <laughs> it comes up the strap line saying, "I think Bluebeard is now afraid of you" or something. Yes, you um, punch him. Oh, really? You? I didn't yeah, see you that. You can punch him. Yeah. 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 But yeah. do you think, like that, at one point they had designs, or there was a an alternative plot where maybe he was more involved, or or maybe he was a setup. For that's season how it. Two, that's or... how it feels, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because we did we. Other than the bits which Mads has told us and the bits which the little tiny bit we can read from the blurb on the extras menu, he's just this weird character that we see one one preview of the next episode where he's sitting in the main chair that mm. you never actually see in the game. Mm. Yeah. I, other than that, he doesn't really... That one scene where he's interrogating the Tweedle, which you may or may not see depending on who you arrest. Yeah. Weird, really weird. I definitely think, and it's probably just true of the game in general. He's just one of the many parts that you could argue feels slightly undercooked from the point of view that there's just it just feels like there was more to, or they could have had more in this game. And I think this is he's a prime example of that. Um, or maybe he's just a good old red herring, a yeah. good old detective fiction red herring. Yeah. It, all in all, a great chapter that one though. I really enjoyed oh, it. I thought that yeah. was. Yeah, and it was super, and it was just nice to see because that's been one of our criticisms up until this point is that um, that you know the choices did carry some weight in this scene particularly um, yeah. and quite significantly as well. Um, so yeah, that was good. I liked that a lot. Should we listen to another clip before we just go right to the end? Yeah, and the, by all the, means, the final major talking point. We can uh, let's uh, let's cross over live to our. Travel correspondent uh, Reese Wynn, King Kong Groover, who's reporting live to us from uh, I don't actually know which airport he's at, but he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna give us a drunken social worker's spin on uh, on on what the uh, what his thoughts of the game were. So uh, over to you, Reese. Thank you very much. Hey everybody, this is Reese, aka King Kong Groover, uh, recording from an airport. So apologies about the background noise. Uh, here to talk to you about the Wolf Among Us. Uh, this is my first recording for the Playthrough Podcast, but uh, yeah, I'm going to try and talk talk about uh, the game as a whole rather than just Chapter Five. Um, 
So a bit about myself, I don't really have many cultural touch points. Uh, I'm a bit of a any sort of major TV show, movie, book, uh, I don't watch or or get into um, any any the American TV. Sorry, I thought I thought my flight was cancelled then. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, like any sort of like you know book or American TV show, I just don't read. Uh, I never watched Walking Dead, never watched The Game of Thrones or any of those. So it was interesting to play a Telltale game, um, particularly one that had a story that I do have a bit of a reference for, you know, like I am very much aware of old fairy tales. Um, so yeah, it was a very, very interesting pick and I was excited to check it out, particularly the episodic nature. Um, I did like the way in which each episode started, um, like the chapter two episode where Snow White's alive and she walks into the room uh, and then it cuts to the to like the title sequence. It was a really, really interesting presentation. Loved the presentation throughout. Loved the music. Um, loved the voice acting. It was very, very good. Um, I kind of played it as me which would be basically uh, not really a cop, uh, more of a drunken social worker, because that would probably be me if I was a social worker. And, yeah, what, was, what I found interesting about the story was the way in which me, uh, as a character, who got to interact with these characters and slowly became more or less emotional... Uh, you know, more emotional um, and less uh, less caring, should I say, uh, towards the end. So, for example, whereas uh, episode one, Big uh, Bigsby would be try and say the right things, may not always say the right things, but try and say the right things. Uh, episode five, Bigsby would, you know, he got a pot shot in on Bloody Mary and the Crooked Man based on what he has said and the trial sequence towards the end I was getting so frustrated because it was just like can't you see what they're doing um, it's one of those um, and yeah I really really enjoyed the game um, I did do the right things in the end uh, both Tweedledee and Tweedledum are still alive in my game um, I did yeah, I did do the right thing in the end. Uh, after the Crooked Man's fate was sealed, you know, I was just like, I tried to do the right thing. Um, and yeah, it was a really, really interesting game. And it was interesting how I changed along with the game. Um, there were a couple of times it bugged out. There was one point where after we had sealed the, the Crooked Man's fate, uh, the game effectively played a bugged sequence and all the choices were this choice is blank, this choice is blank, this choice is blank and they actually said that uh, and it bugged out a little bit and then it returned to the part where I was fighting with uh, the Jersey Devil um, who incidentally was a very interesting character um, because there is a Welsh uh, there is a Welsh uh, 
thing called Murray Lloyd, um, which looked a bit like the Jersey Devil. Um, Murray Lloyd is is a Welsh piece of folklore, uh, and it kind of looked a little bit like him. Um, so yeah, that was very very interesting, uh, and uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. Looking forward to Waffle 4.0. Uh, I'll also catch a flight. Do take care. That was Reese. Um, thank you very much indeed for your clip, and uh, we were all very glad to hear that your flight wasn't cancelled in the end. And I hope we got. I hope you got to wherever you were going. Um, let us know where that was. Um, it was actually actually... it was going to the, uh, Holland for Twitch TwitchCon. I think it was. Oh, nice! Oh, oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that this coming weekend? This weekend, yeah. Oh, nice! Oh, nice. Oh, well, we need to ask. Have fun, Reese. Yeah. Um... So that would, that concluded it and takes us into the, the 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 game's final scene, which takes place inside and outside the um, back at the Woodland Apartments. The following it feels day. like an epilogue. This doesn't it? Like it feels yeah. like just like mm. a, an epilogue. Yeah. Um, it starts with Big Bay stepping out of the elevator, lights his smoke, looking very cool. Um, Flycatcher passes him and inquires if he's going to come and see the truck off to the farm. I just said um, this is the first time I'd actually met Flycatcher. <laughs> okay, it must have been so, yeah, so yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, so he's another weird character which feels like it could have been more, but wasn't in the end. Yeah. Always yeah. with the frog hat? Yeah, I don't know. I assume that's something to do with his fable, but. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I, I don't actually know. I, I didn't know if he got the frog hat on as like a, a nod to Toad and TJ, but. No, she was wearing that when we first seen him. Um, uh, Bigby makes his way down the corridor to the business office and you you pass a long queue of waiting fables on the way down there. Um, and there's, uh, as you get down there, a very sort of harassed, or to my mind at least, I thought a, quite a harassed looking snow emerges from the office. Mm. And again, I guess partly based on my previous choices, she gave sort of quite a sort of terse and quite sort yeah. of clipped message to Bigby. Um, yeah, she's quite dismissive of him, isn't she? Yeah, saying that Flycatcher had left his keys, and I just stayed silent. I was like, I don't like the way you're talking to me, so I'm just not going to respond. Take the high ground. And we head outside the apartment, and we can see a flatbed truck that's being uh, loaded up with uh, Toad and TG, which I, I felt vindicated my decision. Still unglamoured, I hasten to add. So it's... Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, they've been worn multiple times. Um, and towards, I can't remember what it was. He was he was talking about. Um, he started to pull in the heartstrings a little bit, and I just said to him, mm. "Don't don't be so dramatic." So did I. Yeah, <laughs> get on the bus. And um, Colin so you also didn't ask him why why he didn't buy any glamours. Then not interested. No, he was told. No, but times. that that was interesting. I mean, that just uh, added f- fuel to the fire of uh, of my hatred towards Snow. She didn't want to actually allow them to buy it. She didn't want to take his money. Mm. Weird. She... Yep. So, sorry, say that again. Snow didn't want to take his money to buy Glamours. To... No. He, so we, uh, in my playthrough, I gave him money to, to buy... I actually yeah. gave him Crane's money to buy Glamours yeah. for him and TJ. Uh, but Snow, um, who is apparently taking the money for the Glamours because she's uh, they are controlling yeah, the witches. The control, official Glamours, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. She didn't want to take the money and didn't want to give him any glamours. Just wanted to send him to the farm. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yep. Seems a bit sinister, that, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh. See, I really, really, really dislike Snow, so I'm really happy with the way I played this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's quite a good bit of that's quite a good bit of information to get as well. Mm. 
I think Toad is the true hero of this game. Go on. I think he is. I think he's the only character that is truly heroic. <laughs> and why is that? I, I don't know. He's my hero. Like I think he is a proper. Because the thing with like the likes of Gren is that he clearly is a bit of a baddie, Gren. I see what you were saying earlier, Andy. But he clearly is a bit of a wrong and just hanging around that bar, picking fights with people. Same with the likes of Jack Flash, Jack Horner, Jack Alanson, Jack Be Quick, all the Jacks. Yeah. Yeah. But but Toad and Colin are the true heroes, I think, of this game. When they they are the ones, they're the characters I think that other than Bigby, I will remember the most. Yeah. Every single time they were on stage, uh, on stage, on screen, I laughed. Yeah. Or smiled. Yeah. It's a, um, it's a shame, isn't it? Because, like you say, Mads, you you gave him the money to give to Snow, and Snow was the one that was comforting TJ back in was it episode one or two? Yeah, where um, Bigby was like roughing up uh, Toad, and and she was like comforting TJ and being really nice to him and all, and all the rest of it. And now she won't even. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think just confirms her. She's a bit of a smiling knife, Snow White. I don't. Uh, yeah. I wonder if she'll be in the sequel because when we leave this, she's obviously in charge, isn't she, of Fable Town? Yeah, she is not the number two character in the in the comics. I mean, it's it's Snow and, and Bigby, so I would guess she's she's there. It'll be interesting to see what they do with their character then in the sequel. Yeah. Um, TG is uh, this is what. I don't know how you could say no to this. TJ wants you to take a gift to Snow White. Um, he says, because she was nice. Jim, please tell me you took it. I did, but not after saying it was a bit of a rubbish present. Oh, okay, that's right. <laughs> just, by your laughing there, I thought I thought you are the... I think it's literally 3% or something that wouldn't have taken it. It's, uh, let's see if I can find it. Tell me, tell me you didn't take it, Andy. I couldn't. I, I, I didn't like, I had to take it. I had to take it. I oh, thought, you're weak. I am. I'm so disappointed <laughs> with myself. But um, I can see here 97.9% accepted <laughs> yeah. his gift. So I, I think that it really is telling you something. If, you, if you're that 2.1%, you think you need to be taking a long, hard look at yourself. But, um, <laughs> I'm tempted to play this final chapter again just to see what happens just to if you don't no, do yeah. it. Yeah. The... Um, yeah, he said. Get on your bike, son. Want to give her a, with your a crappy present. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Snow doesn't even know who you are, and I get on the get on the van. The um, it's a little beetle from his collection. I, I thought it was just very sweet. It's his voice and everything as well. Oh, it's very yeah. sad. Um, and I, I even I even said I think that she'll love it as well, just to make him feel better. Yeah. And uh, but then I was I very quickly turned back and said, Do I have to go? And I said, Yeah, your dad broke the rules, TJ. On the bus. Off you go. And he even yeah, says to him, Denny, he's like, oh, you, you'll enjoy it there. You can go swimming whenever you want. <laughs> yeah, and Toad, Toad says, you're banned. How do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's there. <laughs> it transpires he's never actually been there. Um, yeah, brilliant. So uh, Colin gets in as well and uh, says to Big B, stay out of trouble. And I said to him, I can't make any promises. And um Colin see, says, my Colin didn't get, my in my game, Colin didn't get in. But you see Colin just as you're walking out the the uh, the apartment building. Who's making his way to I think Big B's apartment with a with a with a four pack. Yeah, same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. did that happen in your game, Jim? Yeah. And Toad says Toad says to Big B, "Why isn't Colin going?" Yeah. 
And I just said, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, he just says, yeah, it's nothing to do with me. I was hoping that it would be them's the breaks would be a a, a line. (laughs) Yes, yes. But them's the breaks. (laughs) Yeah, he just said, oh, I don't know. Yeah, nothing to do with me. Um. <laughs> the the um the truck drives off and it reveals Nerissa standing across the road, and we kind of effectively have the the, the final interaction of the game. Um, there was the opportunity to remove the ribbon here. I tried one last time. Yeah, same. I did as well. She must think he's some kind of nutter. Yeah. Every time I see him, I'm trying to get that ribbon off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but interestingly, he wasn't able to. And. No. This is where you get a wee bit of fleshes out a little bit more of the, the backstory um, as to what was going on with uh, Crane and the Crooked Man and Georgie. So she reveals that her Lillian Faith had planned to escape the pudding and pie, um, but not, they thought it might be good to have a bit of leverage in case the plan all went a bit awry. So I think it was Lily that stole a photo of Crane, which I think, I, I suppose, I, I'm assuming it means the photo of Crane with the glamoured snow. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I assume so. I think in doing so, it obviously came to the attention, or Crane maybe realised that it had come to the attention of them, and that he was one of the sort of, a, I guess, like a protected man or a made man under the crooked man's protection. And yeah. I think they realised that they were now in a lot more bother than what they initially thought. And I think yeah. in a panic to undo it, um, Nerissa confessed the plan to Georgie uh, in the hope that he might be able to speak with the crooked man and to forget that the plan ever happened, that they didn't indeed actually have any intention of escaping. But obviously that backfires quite significantly because Georgie, I I think she said felt compelled to make an example of them, but I think we know that that was more likely under the crooked man's direction. He got told to make an example of them rather than the other way around. Um, she says that she had to sit and watch as Faith walked in and was killed by Georgie in front of her and Lily. Um, but uh, And that she'd wanted to warn Lily, um, but she hadn't turned up at her scheduled appointment on the night, and so in desperation she'd left Faith's head on Bigby's doorstep. <laughs> as you do. As you yeah. do. Um, and then she goes off, it kind of all gets a bit, uh, she was, she effectively was saying that talking about, and it plays to the themes that we're talking about, about kind of the, the, the winners and losers in society. And it was quite a point little speech that she makes. And she says that when we suffer, we do it in silence. Um, and the world, because the world likes it that way. And she says, we don't really die. We just fade like we never existed. Yeah. And um, it kind of leads to Bigby having, in my play, or at least my interpretation of it, a little bit of a kind of a crisis of confidence. And he was saying that he feels that he'll never be able to do enough for anyone. And Nerissa mm. was actually quite flattering and complimentary towards him and reminds him of kind of all the things that he has actually changed for the better. And she turns around to leave and walks off and as she does so says to him you're not as bad as everyone says you are mm. which that's the line that triggers the memories yes isn't it? which then leads into this kind of montage of various thoughts and little sound bites from throughout the game 
of primarily faith and Larissa, um, but also other things that other people have said that didn't, I'll absolutely admit, did not land with me at the time. I was thinking, what's that all about? I was trying to sort of quickly process it whilst keeping an eye on what was happening in the game at the time. And then you got the opportunity to either just to let her go or go after her. And I, I just let her go. Did anybody go after her at all? Yeah, yeah, I, I did. I did. Yeah. But you don't okay. catch her. Okay. No, nothing happens. Just right. Cuts the credits. Yeah. 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 Um, so if you let her go, she turns around and says something you something along the lines of, uh, I'll see you around, Wolf. Um, so just before we get into the, I think what will be, we'll keep it short, but there's a bit of discussion to be had here. Let's have our final listener clip. So this is from um, Aaron from Aaron Moppin here and uh, he's just going to give his thoughts on the game in general and as I say also back me up about troubles with QTE events so thank you Aaron, much appreciated Hi, this is Aaron Maupin with some thoughts on The Wolf Among Us After playing The Walking Dead years ago and really enjoying it I immediately sought out similar games from Telltale and The Wolf Among Us being very well reviewed was one of them However, it sat in my Steam library for years, and it wasn't until Andy chose it for playthrough that I dusted it off. It took me a long time to get into the game. Episode 3 was the first that I managed to finish in one sitting. In the evening after the kids were in bed, I just found it hard to return to the game. I'm absolutely horrible at quicktime events, and I had a similar issue getting into Until Dawn because of them, so that definitely played a role. That said, I do love a good mystery and the comic book art is really well done. I played my Bigby Wolf as kind but fair and always seeking to impress Snow White for obvious reasons. During the course of play, I got a lot of X will remember that notifications, but they didn't seem to lead anywhere. And to be honest, based on listening to the podcast in which some of you played Bigby as a real bastard, I can't say that any of my character notifications seem to affect the story, even tangentially. I look forward to hearing about the host's individual Episode 5 trials, as that seems to be the one scene where Bigby's actions may have consequences. I wonder if it's possible to have Fabletown turn against Bigby and Snow, and if so, what scenes follow? In my playthrough, Bigby threw the crooked man down the well, and Fabletown returned to business as usual. In the end, though I enjoyed its characters and world, I was left disappointed with The Wolf Among Us. The solution to the mystery was just served up to Bigby on a platter, with very few of the usual expected mystery tropes. I wanted the piecing together of clues, maybe a few red herrings. The ending twist, that Nerissa maybe Faith all glamoured up, or vice versa, had no real impact on the story. How cool would it have been to discover something radical, like, hey, Snow White really was killed and the current snow is Faith, or Lily wearing a glamour. But... Hey, it was worth playing just for the Gren won't remember this line. Thanks to the hosts and all the members of the Discord community, I look forward to a fat stack of waffles in the near future. Um, so thanks again. Thank you very much for your clip, Aaron. And I know that you're looking forward to season four as well, so it won't be too long until our, our picks are revealed. So as far as the ending theories um, and an explanation for it. Is there anything that you guys thought stood out or something that you would like to talk about or your interpretation of the ending? So I'd like to start by saying I was 
completely like you. I, I didn't pick up on any of this. I mean, it was no. just, okay, there's a lot of uh, stuff <laughs> that uh, happened in the game just quickly rattling through there, and uh, now the game is over. But but afterwards, thinking about it, there, there are so many funny theories you could have <laughs> about uh, Nerissa and Faith here. And, uh, did, did Nerissa slash Faith, whoever she is, because we know that people can be glamoured in this game, did she actually orchestrate this whole thing to get out of the... Uh, get out of the whole uh, situation at George's. I mean, yep. was she actually the bad guy? Yep. And is it Nerissa or is it Faith? It could be that Nerissa started by... Maybe Faith had already been killed. And then Nerissa starts by glamouring herself as Faith and and uh, arouses the suspicion of uh, of the... What is he? Woody, the, the woodsman, to get uh, Bigby involved. And... So that he meets Faith and, and hears about a little bit about her having problems, and then she places her head at at his doorstep to get the ball rolling, or or is this Faith? Uh, it, so many questions. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys have a thought as to which? Did you have a preference, or did you have a different interpretation? I th- I think Faith is glamoured as Nerissa. Yeah. There okay. was there was a time earlier on in the game where we the, the magic mirror was working before it was broken, and we asked you you could ask um, is Faith still alive or where's Faith, and the mirror said my lips are sealed. Add that to the bit at the end with the whole um, you, you're not as bad as as mm. people think you are. Uh, yeah, I th- I the only thing that that doesn't sort is obviously doesn't back it up is that Faith's head was on the steps and we saw when the um when Lily died she changed from her unglamoured form. Yeah. Yeah but but she didn't change before he actually opened the glamour container, did she? That's true. That's true. So that back that yeah. I'm I'm sticking with it then. I'm sticking with it. Faith yeah, yeah. yeah. Faith is glamoured as Nerissa. So whether it's Faith or Nerissa is hard to tell, I'd say. Both, yeah. both, uh, I, both could be. I'm going to go with Nerissa disguised as Faith. Um, <clears throat> what I would say, because we're not all... I think ultimately it's it, there's there's no correct answer. And I think that's in some ways in some ways a nice thing about this game is it is open to interpretation. Um, I found a really good article uh, that I think is well worth looking at. And we'll link it in our um, our further reading for for this uh, for this game, but it's on um, levelskip.com and it's an article by it's written by Jeremy Gill, and it talks you through the two main theories and it, it, in really kind of minute detail goes through as to oh, okay. why it could be one or the other. It's mm. well worth a read. Um, out of all of it, the only reason I favour the um, the fact that it might be Nerissa disguised as Faith. There's loads of reasons in the game world as to why it could be one or the other the only kind of real world one if you like is that on the game's ending stats um faith is listed as dead and Nerissa is listed as alive Mm. that's the only reason i think it might be that way around um it seems to be quite definitive but there are loads and loads of points as to why it might be one or the other and I don't know, but it just—I—I I don't know if it maybe missed a trick slightly because it's um, 
an issue on on first play. This uh, this completely passed me by. Do you know what though? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, like I, I honestly, I'm going to sound really boring and uh, here, but so what? Like, it's the game's finished. Who? It's it's like it just doesn't matter. I oh, I think I'm a bit weird when it comes to stuff like this. I think I love a good plot twist, like Six Sense, those kind of you know some of the plot twists you see in the last. I love a good plot twist, but what what does my head in? Is and I would never tell creators how to create their stories. It's entirely said, but my my view, what annoys me about some stories is when I feel like there's just a moment which is just here you go, here's a thing, make of it what you will. It's like. Now I want you to tell me your story. You tell me your story. I'll enjoy your story. But this isn't I'll... completely out of the blue. I mean, we have also earlier in, in the other episodes been talking about it. it was funny how Nerissa was always there. I mean, popping her yeah, head out in so... the alley when they were fighting and, and all sorts. She was always so there give somehow. Us, give us a reason for that then. If Nerissa has more to it, but tell the us... Reason... Like... The reason it's there, you just have to put two and two together yourself. But it's not. It, but they've they've said there is no answer to this. They okay. don't. They don't know. Mm. And I think I, I I've got deja vu from saying this before. But like they don't know what the there is no right answer here. Yeah, it was the, it was the sisters in her story, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah, and that's right. It was exactly yeah, the same yeah. thing. It's deli- It's ambiguous for ambiguous sake. Mm. And when the storyteller doesn't know what the answer is and he's just saying well there you go it's open to interpretation yeah well well he, no it's your story you tell me your story yeah that that article that i was referring to the one that was on um pc games with job stoffer um he also uh, there was another quote from him there and he was uh, referencing the, the the story's anchor um or it's kind of it's it's roots in um film noir and he, his, his quote is it's not out of character for the noir genre to explore a femme fatale ending of sorts, which is largely in the eyes of the player to decide what really happened. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah, maybe it, it, it's a personal thing to me, I know, but I don't like stories that are deliberately left vague. I don't mind if the writer knows what the answer is and he's saying, well, look, you go and figure it out. That's different. But when you've got a writer that... that comes out afterwards and says well to be honest it's just a thing there for people like us to spend 10 minutes talking about then that that gets on my goat leaving all that aside i actually do have a theory which is completely stupid but i couldn't care for the for for the more moderate theories which i couldn't care less about but the (laughs) i think i think nerissa is the queen that Bloody Mary refers to when she walks away at the end of episode three and says, long live the queen. I think she set all of this up using glamours and everything else to get the crooked man out the way so that she can then unleash a reign of ungodly terror on Fable Town. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. There was another theory about Nerissa being Bloody Mary as well. Yeah, I read I read something on that as yeah, well. Okay. There are many of them yeah. out there, but yeah, I I I think that line was too prominent for it not to have some greater yeah. meaning. I mean, we yeah, talked definitely. about it at the time. Um, Do you think it made the game better that last little line? I um, not really. 
I'm, I'm, I'm it, with you, Chris. I, I, I like my endings handed to me on a silver platter. I like yeah. to be able to know, I like a definitive ending that I can say, great, that was, that was, the, that was the it's a good story. That was the story. Mm. And mm. I can park it and I can put it. And there's the odd time where you find yourself, where I've got very limited spare time, where you might find yourself drifting back and thinking about a game that you'd played previously. And you think about it, I think, oh, yeah, I still am none the wiser. I, I like being able to park things and move on to the next. And endings yeah. like this don't, don't lend themselves to that. But it's it's very much a comic book ending, isn't it? Yes. It leaves it leaves it mm. open. Yeah. Uh, open for what though? A sequel? Yeah, which isn't going to follow in from mm. it. Well, yeah, <laughs> but wherever they want to take that character, I'm not. Yeah, like in a comic, they might not. They might never revisit it. They might revisit it years and years down the line. But it's. Yeah, it's I'd like very to think that the com- author has a plan. Well. <laughs> That's it. Ah, uh, but I, uh, that, uh, that's yeah. That's my take on it. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, it to, to to my mind, it's slightly detracted from what was a pretty wonderful finale. Mm. I think. Think for me, if I wasn't, if I didn't know that I was about to actually record a, an episode of a podcast about it, I would have just left it there. I wouldn't have even thought about what that <laughs> yeah. meant because the story was actually finished for me. That was fine, yeah. and that was just a little yeah. curiosity, and yeah. I wouldn't have actually try to dive into it and, and try to understand it. That's only because uh, we we were supposed to record about it. But it sounds like someone's wrote about 5,000 words on it. It's a, <laughs> it's a big article. Yeah, it, it's worth reading just out of curiosity as much as anything else. It makes the argument for either side. And again, I think it just really kind of, it probably just uh, reminded me of a few things and highlighted a couple of other things that had passed me by as well. It was just quite inter- It's quite interesting to see it gone through in, with such a, a fine-tooth comb. Um yeah, but you can you can interpret things however you want to suit your narrative, though, can't you? I mean, if you want, yeah, if you've definitely. got a theory, then you can reverse engineer stuff that's happened to suit it. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. And I think it's quite good. It's just this one. This one gives both sides to it, and again, doesn't say that one's correct or the other one. Um, yeah, we definitely should share that because there's a lot of people who are like with the chat on the Discord today. There's a lot of people who are into this stuff. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I, yeah, I just find it a little bit annoying. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess kind of leads on to uh, kind of final thoughts and main takeaways um, from the game. What are those for you guys? Is there what what will stand out? Kind of kind of highlights, lowlights, um, things that maybe you hadn't seen before, or things that you particularly enjoyed. The characters. My main. Oh, go on, Matt. No, go for it, mate. Go for it. Oh, I was just about to be silly. My main highlight was that I figured out that I hadn't actually played this game only the first two episodes. <laughs> did, did, did we actually establish? So yeah, we, we we didn't comment on that since then. So you played the first two episodes, but nothing beyond yes. that, right? I played the first two, and then I probably picked up the the, the comics and thought uh, I'm going to read these first to get some some context, and then oh, I that's... never picked the game up again. So yeah, oh, that's good to know. I'm All good. Then good stuff. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm finding out, establishing who Jack was as well. Yes, yeah. Was, oh, yeah, that, yeah, was, that was amazing. <laughs> that, man. Yeah, no, I think I think the characters are, are the sort of main takeaway for me, I, and I and I really enjoyed the story as well overall. How much influence you have on that story is is obviously debatable. Probably not. So the not, big discussion here is: is is this a game? Or no, is no, just an no, interactive it's, narrative, it's and, an, and is there yeah. a difference? It's an interactive narrative where you have 
you, like you say, you, you put it perfectly, really. You, it's an interactive um, narrative where you flavour it. You give the characters that little bit of personality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I really like it. I, I loved playing through this game. And so, I, I really like The Walking Dead as well. So I, I, I like what Telltale is doing with these interactive narratives. But I, at the same time, I can see why it's not for everybody. <clears throat> sure. I mean, yeah. pe- people actually like a game where they, they get to interact and, and feel make a, a huge difference this won't be for them this is like uh, this is like watching a movie actually for this final episode you three guys all talked about how you loved the fifth episode the, the final one it didn't really click for me and for many of the scenes especially the QTEs I was I, I found myself sitting there thinking I wonder if I would enjoy this more if I could just put the controller away and, and watch a cartoon here mm-hmm. because it was the, the narrative was really strong but the QTEs really didn't do anything for me. I, I didn't like the fight as the big bad wolf. I didn't like chasing after cars through the streets. It was just busy work while I was getting the narratives uh, served for me. I loved the conversations and I loved the fact that there were so many differences in this episode in the conversations. I mean, our choices really seemed to give flavor to the story here. Mm. But, but uh, the whole gamey part, I actually didn't enjoy in the fifth episode at all. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. yeah t- for, for me, I mean, there's so much about this that I've really enjoyed. I love the setup, the, the idea of, you know, these people from these characters from, from fairy tales and, and not just fairy tales, but from pretty much every walk of life, every walk of fiction. In in a in an you know, I like fairy tales, I like noir, and I like detective fiction. So all of that stuff... You know, with an eighties vibe as well, because I think the game is set in the nineteen eighties, isn't it? Yeah, is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So mm. it's you know, with that synthy music mm. and the great performances, some great writing. There's so much that I loved. It started really strong for me. Episode one was really great. Sucks you in. I think it then definitely did dip, as I've said. Episode two, episode three was was probably the the nadir for me where. I felt like it really was treading water a little bit, going from scene to scene of uninteresting stuff. And then episode four, I thought, was was good again. And then episode five, I absolutely loved. In other contexts, I would also hate the QTEs. If this was an action game, I think that's where I'd nail what I'd think about it. In a different game, I would hate the QTEs as well. But in this game, I don't know. I think it just... It just brought me into the narrative rather than push me away and it made me feel part of the world mm. uh, in the end I was really pleased with how I felt like I'd shaped my big beat even though in the early stages of the game I think I was saying that I was trying to role play big beat as I thought he should be played I feel like by the end of it I've got a big beat which definitely has a little bit of me in him and my personality and that's cool that that can happen and you can you can end up with that kind of character. Yeah. And uh, I came away from The Walking Dead, it's a long time ago, as we've said, it was a long time ago I played that game, but I came away from that thinking that was absolutely wonderful. I don't feel like that about this game. I don't know whether that's because you know, I've played many more games since then and narrative games have changed or whether just something just didn't quite click on the same level with me as Walking Dead did. Uh, I thought this was a really good game, and I really enjoyed my time. And that the hour and a bit I spent with it on Tuesday, playing that final episode, was yes, yeah, certainly up there with 
you know, definitely some of the best gaming I've played this year. Definitely, mm. uh, I really enjoyed that that final episode. But over overall, I think it was a good, solid game with some brilliant highs, but some pretty pretty low lows as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I enjoyed it. It's a great pick, mate. It's a funny one, isn't it? On yeah. the old QTs, because I because I was getting the payoff in the narrative. That I I didn't mind the QTs. Um, in, in Resi Six, they were they were terrible, but oh, in God, but, but in something like Kentucky Route Zero, I wasn't get. I put my hands up like it it went over my head. I wasn't getting the payoff from the narrative at all, and so I wanted something like a QTE to yeah to, to give me something. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a funny one. I think yeah. the developers of this game definitely knew that most people wouldn't enjoy the QTEs, and, and that the the. the real meat in this is the narrative and the story and that's why there is no difficulty in the QTs yeah. you, you can hardly fail yeah. it's yeah. just to give you a, a, just a minimum of interactivity that feels a bit like you're actually doing these fights because yeah. having the fights is of course important you're the big bad wolf and <laughs> there, there are some, some people you need to fight here so, so I, I guess in that respect it was well designed because we never failed yeah. But at the and same it, time, I really loved the narrative, and I felt mm-hmm. that, for example, the the long fight with the Bloody Mary got a bit in the way of the narrative for me because mm-hmm. there was so much busy work of clicking this and clicking that and right trigger now and left trigger now, and, and that kind of um, brought me out of the flow. And, and if I, that I, was if that was the designer's intention, then one hundred percent worked exactly as intended. Yes, on me. yes, I'm sure that was the intention because it's so easy. But I, I, I actually I enjoyed every single episode. I don't think that the third one was weak, like uh, some of you think. I, th- I, I thought they were all good, and I, I enjoyed the narrative of all of them. So it's it's been a been a pleasure playing through this game, and I really don't feel like there was that much different difference in I neither the narrative nor the uh, interactivity between the different episodes. I, I really thought they were well well uh, <clears throat> spaced out and well made. Yeah, yeah, and I will say I, I'm. I'm definitely up for that. Up for that sequel when that I think is it 2023. Oh, that when looks that comes. amazing. That yeah. trailer. Yeah. The way the 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 refinements and the graphics engine, like it retains that that kind of look, but it's so much. The, the bit game where he's looks walking incredible. through the uh, beaded curtain. Just yeah. that was what really caught my eye. If you haven't had a chance to watch the trailer, check. There's an official trailer out for it now. Um, I would highly recommend it. It's, it I, looks I thought it looked amazing. Cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, something to look forward to and quite timely as well it's just quite nice that it's when i picked this i didn't know that was in the works so it's just yeah. coincided that we're not a million miles away from that but yeah i, I would kind of uh, i was definitely a wee bit concerned prior to seize ed prior to chapter five i am um, i think chapter five definitely uh, to say it saved the game is wrong because i'd been really enjoying it up until this point but i think it elevated the game the final chapter for me um mm-hmm. We talked about it, I think, on one of the previous... It might have been way back in the our very first pilot episode, actually, that we were talking about it, and we were saying that there's there's a lot of value in playing the big blockbusters that we've never really had a chance to play, but there's also a lot of value in visiting some of the, the lesser-known ones, the, the 7s and 8s out of 10s, and I you know I would firmly put this game in that category as, as a very good game. It's not mm. a AAA blockbuster, but it was, a, you know... It's a good game somewhere in that yeah. seven to eight, and as a consequence, just nice to play something. Um, first Telltale game, which 
I'm really pleased. And I think, I think maybe one of the things that's come out of this is that maybe this type of game and these games particularly are better played in the moment and maybe warrant less discussion maybe than more discussion in some respects this has been a great game to to talk about and to play and to dissect with one another i think we've had such a laugh at times talking about it but i think from a purely from um a, a gameplay perspective i'm actually quite glad that we played this over the walking dead because i know obviously how highly thought of the walking dead is so i think i will definitely go off and play that myself at some point but just i'm not going to take any notes i'm not going to overthink anything i will just sit down and play it as one continuous experience and and see how it compares Wait to this for season four mr gilmore you never know <laughs> yes <laughs> well one thing i can say is it won't it won't be my pick um <laughs> but uh i don't know if any of you could rule it out as well but uh yeah i i i, I i've enjoyed it i think it's been um it's felt particularly it just coincided with what's been quite a busy time so it has felt a very manageable game to play at the same time so i think i've enjoyed it more as a consequence there's not been that sense of panic of trying to get onto the next staging post or trying mm. to see everything that's in the game because i think having played horizon zero dawn i think we put i, I put so much time into that game i loved yeah, i yeah. loved every minute of it but i didn't have another one in me straight after it and no, so no. It's been quite nice just to kind of it pressed the reset button for me in some respects. Yeah, yeah it's, palate it's cleanser. Palate cleanser. Yeah, definitely. After yeah. yeah, after the last of us, and then Horizon Zero Dawn, this has been like a perfect palate cleanser. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think just in general, there's so many parts that I that just tick so many boxes for me. Same as you, Chris. The 80s aesthetic, I absolutely love that. Anything set in the 80s gets my vote right away. But um, the combination of the the characters the music the art style everything it just i if anything i wish i don't think the game would be necessarily better for it but that i think that's why i'm so much looking forward to the sequel is i i want to know more about these characters i want to see yeah. more of this world and it, at this point i really feel like um that i you know I, I'm, I'm itching for more basically i haven't i haven't finished this game thinking that's it i've had enough of that and uh, yeah. it, it's, it's not something that I'll come back to in a hurry. Um, so I think, in some respects, that's maybe the the perfect point to for, for, for the game to to finish at, rather than sort of feeling that you've you've sickened yourself of it in some way. Um, yeah. yeah. And great stewardship, mate. You've done a great yes. job taking us through these five episodes. As I know, so I, as I think it's, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I apologise at times. It's sort of, I know we. I, I sort of have a tendency to um, to go through it blow by blow, but I think it is quite on a game like this. Yeah. It, you you almost need to do it that way in a similar yeah. it was the same as until dawn um that's kind of how the game yeah. plays and so that's maybe how you very need, heavy narrative that's game, how, how you need to do it because each 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 point is quite important it's not an open yeah. world game um so yeah thank you for allowing me to talk so much and uh, yeah, mate it's been, and, uh, it's been and, great and for, you've done a great job and, and, and for everything that obviously you guys have contributed and i'm glad you've enjoyed it that's the main thing and uh i think on the whole it seems to have been quite positively received in um our discord group and stuff as well so um, yeah, yeah let, let us know what uh how how, how you you've found your experiences as and when you finish up um what game we play next well you can maybe tell Waffle. us be- before before we move on to that i will just quickly say um where to find us um the usual places we've got a website www.playthroughpod.com on twitter at um playthrough underscore pod 
And then we're on Twitch and YouTube. Just search for Playthrough and come and join us. If you're not on Discord, please do come and join us because there's a lot of good chat and um, a very friendly welcome waiting for you there as well. Um, um, but more importantly, Chris, do you, want, do you want to tell us about what's coming up next? I've just got one question. How do you like your waffles? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Waffly. Waffle. Waffle 4.0 is going to be, very poetically, episode 40. Oh, which is, nice. Uh, almost like it's planned. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like Completely that. Completely unplanned, but <laughs> a nice a nice milestone to reach. Episode 40 will be Waffle 4.0, in which we will waffle like we've never waffled before. If you don't like us talking more about what we've been up to and just generally shooting the breeze, skip it. And join us on Discord where you'll find out what seasons four games are. If you do like the shooting the breeze and you like the chat, it'll be a short it'll be just a short one, as we say, <laughs> just a short one. Uh, then come and join us for episode forty and Waffle four point zero where we will reveal seasons four's games. Mads will go first, then probably me or no, then Jim, then me, then Andy. Although there may well be a little bit of moving around if um, because we are coming up to the summer, the summer holidays, so we'll see what the reveals are, and then we'll probably mm. retrospectively then order them depending on the types of games. Yeah. I'm obviously going to go with a 150 hour um, open world <laughs> RPG that you can play on Steam Deck. Possibly, that I can possibly play on the Steam Deck <laughs> if I can in half a screen. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, but yeah, there we go. That's enough. Um, and shout outs from me, just while I've got the mic. Um, just a huge thank you to everyone on Discord for making it another great series for us. The, the chat is what is what keeps us coming back. It's such great fun just seeing everyone's theories and what, what everyone's up to. So yeah, it's been some really you. good chatter at the time. Yeah, it's been great. It's been The game's been great, just like Until Dawn. I mean, these kind of games, they do invite some, some good chat. And we have good participation with all of our games as well. So we are super grateful. To everyone who listens, um, Martin for the for the help and the prompting on the website, <laughs> uh, Dean for the covers, Steve for the music, and most of all you guys for the chat every couple of weeks. These games would not be as good without it. Yeah, it's good fun. Nice Jim, support. anything that you want to add to that at all, mate? Um, that's quite lazy, isn't it? I'll just second everything that Chris said, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's efficient. laughs> Not lazy. <laughs> yeah, um, if, if and also if anyone's headed up to Nurg this weekend up in Gateshead, come and say hello. You're ambitious, thinking that this will go out before you head up to Gateshead. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, we're, where are it we now? Thursday, aren't we? Oh yeah, you go in tomorrow. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'll see what I'll, I can do. I'll see, <laughs> yeah, I've I've said I said hello after after Nurg then. Yeah, <laughs> Jim's been at Nurg. Yeah, <laughs> Waffle Four Point It'll be on there. Yeah. Hopefully with a Vectrex as well. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. It's still. I've had. I'll save it for waffle. I'll save it yeah. for waffle. Okay. I've had to change change a few plans. Okay, but, but there's but a there story is, there. There is still. There's a story, and there's still a Vectrex <laughs> potentially. So, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Good stuff. And Mads, anything at all from yourself? No, no, nothing that hasn't been said already. Cool. Yeah. Likewise for me. I just echo all those sentiments. So, gents, just. The only thing I would add is thanks to Bain, obviously, for everything that you've contributed to it. I, it's been an absolute blast. Um, 
it's always uh, a bit nerve-wracking when it's your own pick and a game that you don't really know anything about. But um, thank you for making it so enjoyable as we've worked our way through it all. And yeah, definitely some food for thought for what comes. I, I actually haven't decided on my, my next no season game. So I am going to go away and have a, a good think about that and hopefully find something that um, will hopefully be as enjoyable. So thank you very much for your time. And thank you to everybody who listens and participates. And uh, We will see you or you'll hear from us at some point in the next couple of weeks I guess something like that by the time we get around to making our decisions and waffling waffling yeah, like, like the best of us so. um, yeah. awesome good stuff guys alright well thanks a million uh, take very good care of yourself and we will speak soon bye nice for one. now bye bye thanks guys bye, bye. bye. <laughs>